It's Window Nation's semi-annual sale, and it's a big deal. Right now, get 50% off all windows along with no interest for five years plus bonus savings when you schedule a consult today. If your windows leak, get foggy or hot, or you're paying high utility bills, that's a big deal. With Window Nation's semi-annual sale, you can replace your windows and save a big deal, too. Schedule a no-obligation in-home estimate now. Call 866-90NATION or visit windownation.com. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 94 WIP FM HD1 Philadelphia. From the Tasty Cake Studios. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. It is 6 o'clock right here on 94 WIP. Uh, boy, oh boy, does it feel good to be back and have some very positive news for you. It is BGN Radio uh, with John Barchard uh, talking to you right now with James Seltzer. Brandon Lee Gouton officially back as the editor-in-chief of BleedingGreenNation.com. No longer the free agent. We wrapped that deal up. That was that was our big uh, free agent acquisition they this offseason. They hashtag so. hired BLJ, yes. which is nice. They did it again. We are with you till uh, 8 o'clock. We're going to get into everything free agency. It's been a crazy week of just trying to figure things out. Uh, some breaking news that came through just this afternoon with Sidney Jones, who was a target for a lot of us, including our very own Teron Davenport, who, once BGN Radio is over, will be uh, continuing on from 8 to 10. Uh, him and I will just go through a lot of different things. Plus, we have some prospect interviews that will join us as well, and we'll get into a lot of different things here. But... If you're following us over on the podcast at BGN underscore radio and you're on iTunes or SoundCloud or Stitcher, tune in Google Play, wherever you find us, we might have been a little more than excited when it came to the Alshon Jeffrey sighting. Oh, what's going on? Alshon Jeffrey Nation! Yes, baby! That's right. That's how I was feeling. I was feeling electric. I felt so good because the entire time that we were sitting here as 
The day went on. Four o'clock hits, and you're you're ready for everything. You're ready to put the IV in your arm. There's babies that are getting set on fire. You're just ready for the madness that's coming through. Chaos in the streets, and it wasn't it wasn't really coming. Nothing was <laughs> nothing was moving. So you hear Tory Smith, and you're going, okay, yeah, all right. Yeah. I, I guess you know if I can I can muster up the courage to believe that yeah they're really going to go through this thing through the draft just like Howie's saying and feel a little more confident about Joe Douglas but really as it went on and on I was like this is this is not enough sorry this is not Torrey Smith is not enough I know it's better than Bryce Triggs and all of a sudden bam one year 14 million dollars they land him we went crazy how you feeling about it James I mean uh, I think everyone just heard how you were feeling about it when it happened and I wasn't far behind you I can't do the how Sean Jeffrey Nation, <laughs> I don't know, man. as That's well as, as you can. <laughs> uh, but what, like I, we talked about it, and um, we also you could see John actually uh, semi go into convulsions doing it. If you watch the Facebook live stream of it that we did do uh, on the Bleeding Green Nation Facebook page or the BGN Radio Facebook page. Um, but yeah, man, I mean, it's like it's not just exciting that they brought Alshon, and especially after the Tory Smith signing, because you hear three for fifteen, and you don't know, you don't know what the guarantee is. And then it starts coming out. And so you, then the Alshon thing happens. You're depressed. Alshon's like, boom. And then the contract details come out and you get to get more excited about it. I mean, as, as uh, Vince Quinn said in our BGN radio podcast, they're paying Tory Smith, you know, uh, a essentially nickel. a nickel. <laughs> so like 500,000 guaranteed for a guy who, who knows a prove it guy who, when we heard his press conference, sounded like he really wants to prove something. Uh, we'll forget about his chip love. Uh, but then, but we will not. For, but we all will not forgive the shots that he took. About you know, he he was quoted in there, which is uh, which was real nice, saying like, yeah, I guess I guess we took uh, two years off from making big plays because you can't do it up there or something yeah. like that. So I was yeah. like, all right, all right, man, we'll we'll see what happens there. You know, uh, a little veiled thing there. So, but and I, I do think that the speed so there. Either way, you had in the Alshon contract with the nine and a half million with the incentives, the way it's structured, it just it, it's very. I said this on the podcast as well, but it's very baseball very Theo Epstein, mm-hmm. very, you know, one-year contracts, BLG, where you're kind of finding, you know, what the Browns did for the Brock Osweiler trade and, and kind of bringing an NBA concept over to the NFL, a money ball market and efficiency thing. It looks like uh, Howie's kind of looking over to the world of baseball potentially for these one-year deals. There's one word I think of when I think about this Eagles free agency period and my takeaway, takeaway rather, relief. It just feels so relieving to have a guy on the team who is an actual, and actually two, we'll catch the ball. actual <laughs> NFL caliber wide receivers, guys who are proven. You look at Alshon Jeffrey's whole career, you take his career stats, and then you take the career stats of the players that were on the Eagles in 2016. Alshon has better numbers than those guys. <laughs> Combined. Well, yeah, he had, yeah. Combined. Yeah. Uh, he had better numbers last year in 12 games, obviously, than any uh, receiver on the team. I believe he might have had better numbers in the, the nine games he played the year before because of injuries than any receiver on this Eagles team this year as well. And he's just a guy who can go up and get the football. Yes. I mean, I, and, and we talked about it, but it's really like the, the most important takeaway relief, relief that Carson Wentz is going to have a real opportunity to develop. Because you can't develop if you don't have an offensive line to protect you, which it seems like they're doing a decent job of trying to build that up a Maybe little bit. Maybe too good of a job of Maybe doing that right now. We've got to figure out what's <laughs> going to happen there. We'll get to that. But, uh, John, I mean, just the, the opportunity for Wentz to have these kinds of weapons so we can really see what he is moving forward and so he can move forward and actually develop instead of just keep banging his head against a rock because he's just throwing it up and no one's catching it. Oh, yeah. And I'll, I'm going to play devil's advocate a little later in the show just because I, I do think where, where the future of how this is set up is also interesting. And I think what we're getting on, like, 
oh, yeah, this is going to work out great for anybody, but there is a potential that it could go southerly. But for the time being, I'm going to stay optimistic about this thing because it is that, that, that's what we've been looking for all of last season. It was so miserable to sit there and watch this thing of just like, okay, one play out of every 458 snaps, you throw a, a down the field to Bryce Treggs, and it worked once, and that was pretty much it. You can throw YOLO balls to these guys <laughs> yeah. all day yes, long. You can. you can Rex Grossman the hell out of this and just say, F it, I'm going deep. Yeah. Here's Torrey Smith. There's a 45% chance that he comes down with this thing. And if he catches it, there's like a 60% chance that it's, it's going to be a touchdown. touchdown. So that's and great. And too with the height and the radius. You yeah. can just yes. put the ball up there and he just can just go up there. and. Which, which, hey, if you looked at it this, this season, Wentz needs that because. Sometimes that footwork's there. Sometimes that offensive line wasn't helping him out. And, yes, I understand the arguments of getting the ball down there in the first place. I just want to reiterate to everybody that we can say a lot about Wentz's mechanics and things like that. I had to go remind myself. At the Combine, that guy was tested at throwing the ball at 57 miles an hour, which is tied for, like, third highest, okay, with a bunch of other guys. 60's the top. No one's ever broken that before. The arm strength is there, ladies and gentlemen. All right? It's just stepping into those throws, which obviously makes it look like that arm is not that strong. But I'm excited just for that alone. That's what I'm saying. It opens it up. And it solves two problems. You can go down the field, and you can actually score touchdowns in the red zone. The the red zone threat that the Eagles fans have wanted since 1999 plaques. might actually be there. It's plaques. Oh, my and goodness. Then, and then on top of that, I mean, not just that this guy, both of these guys are really coming in, saying the right things. Not that that really matters. But when you hear Alshon Jeffrey talk about wanting to, you know, get Carson Wentz an MVP. Well, and then I Wentz mean, is like, but then <laughs> Wentz is, is so like, cheesy. I want championships. I love yeah, but, that. It's cheesy, but it's like, yes. But yes, it's cheesy, but we haven't had that. We haven't had yeah. talented guys where we can, like, get excited about this kind yes. of stupid cheesy bs but it's fun and, and and look i mean again it's just to the point that we actually have legitimate blg like offensive weapons so this we can actually watch football and it can be i don't know entertaining instead of infuriating is yes. that a crazy yes thought? entertaining entertaining is good that's 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 what we're all about that's what we're looking for all of last season and moving forward which we'll get into too and i you know we want to hear from you guys what is your reaction to this thing and really, what do you want the Eagles to do next? Because this was an exciting couple of days here, but what do you want to do next? You know, that's that's eight 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 seven two nine ninety four ninety four. One last thing to add to, I, I like that both Smith and and Jeffrey are complementary pieces. You know, they fit well together. You got your speed guy, you got your guy who can you know go over the middle, play in traffic, make those types of catches. I think it's a really nice fit. All right, let's go to Keith in uh, South Jersey. Keith, what's going on, man? You're on BGN Radio. What's going on, fellas? How you doing? Yo, doing Keith. fantastic. How we doing, Jimmy? What up, baby? How are you, man? Not much, man. I'm I'm happy about this. Look, I was not on the Alshon train at first because I thought you were going to give big years and big money to a guy that's had some injury problems, some red flags, but couldn't be happier with this deal. You guys alluded to it. Red zone threat and a third down chain mover. That's incredible. Um, one of the under-the-radar things, Chance Warmack. I mean, you can see that we're going away from these small speed linemen we want to get a little bigger up front. These third and ones and red zones have been a nightmare for us forever. Mm-hmm. You're seeing they want to go to a bigger line and bully some people around here. So I'm thrilled with what Howie's doing. Um, he hasn't spent a ton of money, and I think he's addressing two of our 
biggest problems that have been issues for for years. Yeah, and the the beauty thing about this, Keith, is we're used to, and you know, and I even admitted this too. It's just like we, I made fun of Howie so much about the oh, I'm going to go learn how to be a better GM <laughs> and go to other places and things like that. I. <laughs> but 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 this really looks like it. You know, just like James alluded to, there's a lot of baseball, there's a lot of NBA type of feel with with, with what they're doing here. And it, it, I don't know if it's him or the NFL or whatever, but it's 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 starting to become a little bit of a trend here because you're even starting to hear about Benny Logan trying to find a one-year deal and which one he's going to take. So, uh, which, it, is, which is yeah, weird. Which is also surprising. Yeah. And I know you guys had mentioned a couple things about you know what we'd like to do next. So uh, I know I know we're up against the cap here, but I also like the free agent signings because now it gives them a little more freedom in the draft. You don't have to reach for a receiver early if you don't see value. So I really like that. Um, as far as maybe a second-tier free agency signing, a guy that I really liked out of Cincinnati was Red, Rex Burkhead. Um, I you went, know, you know I wouldn't can, argue with that. Guy either, can man. catch the ball. He can line up in the slot. He's almost like like a poor man's McCaffrey. So I, I'd like to see if they could you know, possibly bring him in because right now, obviously, running back's a little thin. And my last question for you guys, what is your take on Dalvin Cook? Because to me, he oh, is oh, Joe boy. Mixon. He's Joe Mixon without the videotape. I, I, I'm sorry, but yeah. there are tons of off-field concerns with him, and I hear nothing about it. So all things being equal, if you're telling me I can get Mixon maybe in the third versus Cook at 14, it's a no-brainer to me. Well, Keith, and I, I, it's call, a great Keith. call, but I, I – well, first of all – I don't want Mixon. I, I don't want Mixon either. <laughs> Joe, well, and, and here's what – but, but football-wise, you're correct, and I even told this to the guys when I came in did. here. Yep. I am out on Dalvin Cook. In the I'm first. way out. I'm, 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 You're out in Dalvin Cook in the second. I, you I said. think I might be out in Dalvin Cook in the second. Wow. And I know everybody. Listen, that's hot, and I understand that. But when he listen, I know that the combine thing gets overblown a lot. I know that you know it's not all important. Some people, there are slivers of people that don't test well, that don't practice well, that show up on the football field and just play. Dalvin Cook is probably going to be one of those guys. Eesh, though, like it is so red flaggy that I'm like, you're talking about a guy with injury history who didn't test well, who has some off the field stuff. I don't know, man. Like, I, I, I think I'm to the point now where RB2 in this draft is Christian McCaffrey. Wow. And I'm sticking with that because of the Whoa. tape, because of the tape, because of how he tested and how it would fit in here. I know that the Eagles aren't on that train. We can pr- pretty much just. Go ahead and, and throw running back out of the window if you're an Eagles fan in round one, at least, unless they surprise us. But I don't like Dalvin Cook at all. Yeah, I'm in, in, early, I, excuse yeah, me, I should I, say. I, I don't want him at 14 either. I mean, look, if they take him, I'm not like you. I, I like what I've seen from him in actual football games, and I'm willing to look past some of those combine numbers. Uh, but I just think there are such good values at running back later in the draft that I feel like it's kind of a waste to use that 14th pick on someone who, unless you trade up a bit and get a four net. I do like, though, what Keith brought up about the O-line. I think that was an interesting point. We've talked a lot about what's going to happen to Jason Kelsey. I know what Howie said. I don't know what we believe. But the Warmack signing, we haven't brought up yet. I think a, a really nice signing, obviously injured most of last season, only played two games. But um, there's there's some pedigree there, obviously. Tenth pick in the draft, 25 years old, BLG. And also, the number that they got him at for one year. I mean, you look at the guards this this offseason. Guards are getting paid, man. Like, yeah. Leary, Zeitler, like, all these guys oh, got yeah. big-time contracts. Then you look at this Warmack contract. It's like, whoa, like, this looks like such On a day steal. One of free exactly, yeah, exactly. Very weird. And I think with the Warmack thing, uh, you're, obviously you're getting a player who has experience with Jeff Stoutland. I also think there's an interesting perception of Warmack. Obviously, he, he was a bust. Like, he, he didn't work yeah. out in Tennessee. But 
I'm talking to some Titans fans, like they didn't think he was like the worst guard ever. They just thought, you know, he was a disappointment. He was okay. He was average. And if you're just getting an average guy at this cheap and he's what, he's only 25, 26, 25. And he, he has the potential to play into a long-term role. It's a no-brainer. Yeah, plus, you, I mean, you're back with your old college coach. Yeah, I think and, the salad landing matters. I'm with yeah. you. It absolutely does. And I've and that's where, you know, when Duke Mayweather and all those guys, all those really good offensive guys that you really can break down, because, you know, we look at offensive linemen as like, like yeah, this, it should, you just you sure. just do the thing. Like, what's what's a big Lance, deal? Lance Erline, those types of guys who could break it but down. time and time again, three, four, five of those experts that I, I follow on Twitter all the time say, that the coaching with offensive line matters so much, whether you have a good career or a bad career, and more more so than any other position group. If it's not there, and if it doesn't work together, or if you're in a different funky scheme and they try and shove you into something that you're not, it really goes haywire quick. It might be this with with Warmack. I'm not getting my hopes up, but it's a great signing nonetheless. Yeah, I think it totally matters. I think scheme matters as much at O line, like you said, as any other position and. We've talked a million times about just cohesion and continuity along that line being far more important than at any other position. So uh, I think in addition to that, there, there was a reason this guy was a 10th pick at the draft. Like, I, I know he hasn't been good for if he's got a lot of NFL starts under his, his belt, 25 years old, and the guy who made him the 10th pick in the draft was Jeff Stowers. Yes. That encourages me. Yes, it absolutely does. Let's go to Wade in Chester. Wade, what's going on, buddy? How are you this what's evening? What's going on, fellas? What's up, Wade? Hey, Jay, what you doing on here, man? What's going on, baby? They let him sneak in here every now and again. Hey, listen, man. If the, the, the way you just described Dalvin Cook, if you went back last year and described Ezekiel Elliott, you would have said the same thing about him. You, you understand what I'm saying? I don't. I don't. I don't think so. I, because no, no. they because everything, because Ezekiel tested the way he should have at the combine. It's a it's a red flag for me. Is all. I'm not saying he's a bad player. I'm just saying it's it's enough to wait. Let me just move on from there and go to the meat and potatoes here. We love it. Because I hear everybody all up in the arms about just Alshon Jeffrey's uh, pickup and everything. I think it's a weak move because it doesn't make sense because Chip Kelly set this team back three years, okay, with the moves that he made. You went out here and signed a guy. You you said it yourself. His numbers was better than anybody on the Eagles team. That being said, they still didn't have a better record than the Eagles. He did not help that team. Do any well, look at their quarterbacks? Man. Jeez, oh man, no, no, no. wait, doesn't matter. He still caught the ball, right? That sure, but I mean, it's just saying so, like an up and down Jay Cutler, and then you had to deal what, with Matt Barkley and Brian Hoyer. And there's a lot of reasons what, why they didn't win. Here's what you're missing you're missing uh, Wentz's development. Wentz is has made a lot of bad throws last year, okay? And you didn't even give Wentz a chance to come back and go into offseason with these receivers that he has. You understand what I'm saying? Well, they're still here. They're not. They're still yeah, here. I mean, Nelson Aguilar no, no. will probably but, still be on this team this season. Right. My my point is this: here, we haven't really attacked what we really need. No one is talking about a middle linebacker. You need a. a, a you don't like middle, Jordan Hicks, Wade? No, Jordan Hicks is your best player. He needs to be on the outside making plays. No, I, I completely oh, disagree with you. I appreciate the this? call, though, but. I I, they, I think that BLG is like why that, people say why, this all the time. I don't get it. Why he, he he would be a terrible will. But like why why move him? He's great yeah. where he is. I just don't get why do you want to move yeah, why, him? Why mess with that? He was yeah. the only linebacker in the NFL last year to have five interceptions, or he he led the league in that category. Also, he's like one of the first players ever to have like so many interceptions, forced fumbles, and all of that since like Jack Ham. Yeah, uh, Steelers linebacker pretty good. Yeah, and on on top of that, I'm not really sure how. It hurts Wentz's development with 
Jeffrey being here and not being able to, I mean, it's the Wade, opposite. All, due, it all due respect, it. buddy. I mean, I don't know what you were watching last year. I wanted to put my head in a toaster, <laughs> you know, because it's just like it, it wouldn't matter. You need a, a young rookie needs needs playmakers to get him out of those situations. Yes. Which, yeah. Listen, there are, there are criticisms for Wentz that are completely warranted. The accuracy, you know, the from, from, from issues, gaining, the mechanic sure. issues, those scare me. Like, those are like, oh, my God, those are bad. And Alshon mitigates some of it. Yes, that's what I'm saying. So, so. It doesn't. I I don't know what you can kind of, you know, force with Wentz at this point that you're like, well, yeah, sure. You're saying he's not a top five quarterback right now. Yes, exactly. Uh, so you agree. know you need to go get talent around. Him. Let's go to Zach in Southfield. You're on BGN Radio. What's on? What's going on, Zach? Hey, how you guys doing? Great show. Thanks, man. Hey, real quick. Um, Sidney Jones just tore his Achilles at his pro Yeah, we were talking about, about that. that. Yes, we. Yes, that is very disappointing, especially for where, where my head was at with this draft. I think that changes a lot of things. And for yeah, Sydney, feel, that's a real I feel, bummer. I feel bad for the kid. That's yeah. I, I, I really like them, too. Um, so I just have two quick comments. One, I had to call because a previous caller was talking about Dalvin Cook. Just that name makes me want to throw up. I don't know if you guys, <laughs> I don't know if you guys have looked into his past or not, but you know he was, he's been cited for abusing a group of puppies. Yikes, oh, man! No, I actually did. I, I didn't know that. So now I'm oh, now I'm like at third round status. No, you know, no. Jesus, man! I, I, I love not puppies. Only, not That's only that, not, cool. not only that, but he he punched a woman in the face, and he was accused of robbery in high school. I don't want that dude anywhere near my team. Yeah. Oh, I I know. And, and look, and there are there are times Zach, points, where you know Zach, those yeah. are all fair points. I, you know, high school and crazy. Like I, I, I don't yeah, know. People mature change, over time. The things, but still, well, the it's the same. The, the same way. Thing is puppies thing. Yeah, no, that, cool. that that's it. That's that's quite enough. So was two years ago. So. Yeah, yeah. Um, and then uh, my other comment, guys, is um, I have a prediction for draft night. Um, I think that Howie is going to swing a trade for a veteran, solid cornerback that we're not even thinking about. And the reason why I say that. Well, there's two reasons. One, because Howie is a whiz when it comes to trades. And two, I just don't see us starting two rookie cornerbacks. I don't see it. Well, Zach, we appreciate the call. We're just right up against it here. That is a very interesting thought. And we'll get into that as long as along with a a bunch of other scenarios. So we got our good friend John Johnson for Sports Radio 94 WIP update. It is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. We're here till 8, but we don't usually go anywhere. If you're on the Twitter.com, BGN Radio, or excuse me, BGN underscore radio. We're always there. Follow us on Facebook as well, as along with the podcast and everything else. And in fact, uh, we just launched some new fun things on our Patreon. Patreon.com slash BGN Radio. A lot of behind-the-scenes stuff. If you go up there and subscribe, you can actually be on the podcast, Ooh. be a producer. You get the, a couple of extra pods in there. It's a lot of fun. Patreon.com. So that's BGN Radio. John Barcher, James Elzer, Brandon Lee Gouton, all here uh, with you. And, of course, our last caller uh, was uh, was chatting about, well, maybe maybe there's a situation where Howie finds himself and goes, like, you know what, maybe we should trade for a corner rather than trying to sign for one or do any of that stuff. Maybe there's a maybe there's somebody out there that's uh, that's going through th- that, that same process and wants to swap picks or wants to swap something, a player for player. And then all of a sudden, the Bears keep signing corners here, hmm. right? That's kind of hmm. interesting. So they do they do Prince Mukamura. Mukamura. <laughs> and then Val, a valiant attempt. Uh, yeah, I tried. I tried. That was it. And then uh who else did they sign today? Marcus Cooper. So Marcus so that was that was seemingly I don't know if it was an Eagles target, but that name had been tossed around. So again, another one of those 
low-end corners that you could come in here as a as a vet and maybe process. But so I think the Bears have like nine or ten corners as it stands right now, or eight somewhere around there. Kyle Fuller is one of them. Do they have as many corners as Dallas has? First, first round, round picks. picks. I don't know. No. It's possible. It's possible. Okay, but uh, I do think that that might be a potential target. I think I wish you'd call the Bears right now and ask about Kyle Fuller. I would love that. I, I like the way Kyle Fuller plays when he has played. He's had some injury issues of late. but to, when, as a, That's an understatement. Yeah, but yes. he missed yeah. the entire season <laughs> last year. Uh, but uh, look, I think whenever he's been on the field, he's been solid and, and better than expected. I think even though a first round pick, so mid first, I think we might've been a 14th pick in the draft, 14 yeah. or 15. Yeah, right there. So um, I, I think he's a really nice player. And obviously I, I think you can get him at a discount based on the fact that they don't have a ton of leverage with the amount of cornerbacks they have and are likely not going to keep all of them. Yeah, absolutely. And also if they're, if they're really charged up about, Mike Glennon being their quarterback, wouldn't they also be charged up Wait, about? Are you implying that that anyone wouldn't be? <laughs> yes, absolutely, he's better than Carson Wentz. Uh, Actually, yeah, I remember that. Oh, uh, oh, oh, the quarterback debate. But I mean, you know, maybe a Kendricks and Daniel package. You boom. send there and just say, Something. "Here boom. you go. Can you give us Kyle Fuller for that, and maybe a conditional seventh or you know some kind of package there?" What do you think, BLG? Here's the interesting thing about Kyle Fuller. He was one of the six players. That Howie Roseman wanted in the 2014 draft. Ah, Remember that, those Cooks six? And Dicks. Along with Cooks, Haha Clinton, Dix, yep. uh, Mosley, the linebacker from the That's Ravens, right. yep. uh, Beckham, Odo Beckham, and then Mike Evans. He was one of those six players. Wow. The Eagles wanted Kyle Fuller. Ooh. It seemed like he was going to be there for a while. And then all of a sudden, like the draft came and his, his draft stock was like getting really high and he just didn't make it to where the Eagles were. I think that makes a lot of sense from a, a buy low option. Because look, you know, John and I, we kind of talked about this. Like, obviously, this draft class is loaded at corner, and the Sidney Jones injury doesn't help matters. But still, there's a lot of talent to be found. But like, if you're just throwing young guys in there, you know, there's there's risk there, and not just in terms of the short term, like they're going to develop. But you know, maybe you're playing them too soon, that kind of thing. You need to get at least some kind of veterans in here. And look, you need two. Nolan Carroll, traitor, sign with Dallas. <laughs> How and, dare you? And you need two new starters. Yeah, I, and we've talked about it. Maybe we'll get into the name BLG and I like a lot as that other free agent option. But just adding on, look, you would assume, right? At least assume that Joe Douglas has some connections inside that Chicago Kinda know building. Kyle Fuller, yeah, too. Yeah, no Kyle Fuller, no the Great people point. inside that building. You feel like at least you're kind of, you know, got a couple Dwayne steps Joseph, of the way along the, Eagles the front way. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, you've got a couple of the steps along the way towards making something happen here or, or being a good match. And let's just be honest with ourselves here. The Bears have done some really stupid things the yeah. past couple of years. Greg Olson, I mean, it's a different GM regime, but uh, Greg Olson for a third, whoops. Marshall for a fifth, gone. Oh, you, my God. You, yeah. you don't re sign Jeffrey. I don't know. I think that I think that that'd be uh, that'd be an interesting conversation to have. Let's Bennett go to, for uh, yes. uh, whatever. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. Let's go to Mike in Westchester. What's going on, buddy? Hey John, what's up Brandon? What's up James? How you guys doing? Yo, doing hey, great. Mike. Hey, you know what? There's been a lot of whining on this station about Brandon Cooks coming here by certain hosts, callers, etc. <laughs> we got the better receiver, and we didn't want to. We, I'm telling you, you'll see how good Cooks is. He's going to be good with uh, New England, but he's overrated being a dome receiver Ooh, like that. You know, boy, am I going to make a bet with you at the end of this conversation? Oh, but go see, ahead, Mike. I'm on your side here. I'm on your side here. Go ahead. And you know, James, guys, I cannot wait to see our receivers torch. Nolan Carroll for Dallas. Oh, yeah. It's going to be so much fun. Yeah, yes. Mike, I can't believe that. Like, what were they looking at? Even if he ends up, because listen, like Dallas has three forces of secondary to replace, yep. which I think is hilarious. 
And if Nolan's going to be there, like, it happened. <laughs> the last game they played, Mark Sanchez made his ankles break and they scored a touchdown, you know? Yeah, Tony Romo made him actually have to leave the field in shame. <laughs> yes. It's, oh, it was Romo that threw yeah. that pass. Right. Would it be shocking if Howie addressed the quarterback position and the running back position before the draft? That would be weird. I would I would I would be shocked if they draft the running back. Yeah, yeah. Or you no, mean ju- sign right cap, right. I tell you the cap room is oh, the cap nonsense is overrated. That these guys know what they're doing. He, Howie and his crew know what the heck they're doing with this cap. Oh no. They, 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 yeah, I absolutely agree, Mike. It's a, that's a great call because yeah, yeah, no, no, that's always clever. funny. Even even right now. Uh that like that, somehow that always enters the conversation of Oh, where's this money coming from? I don't care. How is he going to figure that out? Yeah, absolutely. Why do we always get worried about cap space and trades and things like that? Like that, you can say that will never be a problem as long as Howie Roseman is in charge of it. Now, whether or not those players are good, I don't know. contracts is a different story. Yes, yes. yes. Vinny Curry, Zach Ertz, whatever. That's player evaluation. That's player evaluation. evaluation. And we got Joe Douglas now, so... You know, which, again, which, we're putting look, a lot of eggs and, and, in that basket, No, too. but look, yeah, and who knows? I, I like what I've seen in Chicago. I had a great, great draft last year with him as their college, you know, director, uh, scouting director. Also, I, I just think, and, and I said this on the podcast as well, but, you know, we've all heard, oh, Joe Douglas' connection to Jeffrey and, and Smith, but, but I think the bigger thing is flipping it around in that, this at least makes me think that Howie might be listening to Joe Douglas as oh, well. Yeah. And that, because that was my biggest worry. I think a lot of people's biggest worries heading into this whole process, free agency in the draft was you bring this guy, Joe Douglas in is how we actually going to listen to him. Yeah, exactly. And and the first two free agent signings that come off the board are guys that he's dealt with yeah. before in the past. And, there's and the, Mike Grove too. Exactly with the what I was going to say. And these guys watch these guys practice every day. They know their work ethic. They know all that type of stuff. You figure, you know, it, you kind of have a, at least a little bit better idea what you're getting. Here. And it's amazing how that kind of happens to BLG because, you know, a, a couple of seasons ago you would, you know, of, of the people that they do listen to, like, why would you listen to Pat Shermer? Okay, good, you're listening to Joe Douglas. <laughs> like, there's that weird transition where it's just, I, you know, and, and including myself, I've had that, like, why would you be listening to Jim Schwartz? My argument against last season was just like it felt like he was the GM of the defense. I don't think you should be doing that. I guess it's just where the, the, the fine lines are. Right now, we, we think Joe Douglas is is fantastic, and I have nothing but optimism that he's going to continue this throughout the draft. And mm-hmm. uh, how, I guess how important is that for you in, into this draft season here? We 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 know that you know the, the free agent connection is there. Now he's going to be the one that's setting the board. What do they what do they have to do to convince you that this thing's going to work out? I I think I totally agree with James. When the Eagles hired Joe Douglas, to me without any kind of proof that he's actually involved, like, how do we believe it? How do yep. we know? Because exactly. we saw things in the past. You know, they brought in Tom Gamble. They brought in other people. Manowitz, all yeah, these people. Yep. We didn't know who exactly was in charge. But now if we're seeing influence, we're seeing these Joe Douglas guys, you know, Doug <laughs> Peterson people, <laughs> Joe Douglas guys. Um, if we're starting to see some of that influence come in, it does make you feel better about things. Maybe Howie's kind of doing his thing. Joe Douglas, they're giving him some control. Uh, the draft will be a really big test because, you know, as you guys pointed out on the, the, the latest podcast, that 2016 Chicago Bears draft, wow, not looking too shabby. Wow. Looking was, terrific. Looking, yeah. looking pretty good there. Yeah. So I think that's going to be the real test for Joe Douglas. Yeah. And if <laughs> get, get us a Jordan Howard in the fifth yeah, round, can I, we do that? If that if would you be can nail, like, that's why I'm not worried about that, man. Like if you can, and I know it's one hit. But it's not just Jordan Howard. It's the whole what they did in Baltimore. It's what they it, the, 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 all yeah. those guys that they just find. I think they found Pierce in well, those guys in those late rounds too. Yeah. And that's what 
You, it, I know we make fun of it a lot when it's, oh, Ozzy does it again in Baltimore, but I'll take an Ozzy does it again in Philadelphia. Yeah. I'm fine with that. I'll yeah. take yeah. Douglas does Ozzie's it again. Good. Jeff Douglas Ozzie's does it again. Good. Exactly. And, and we had uh, Phil Savage on the midday show a while back when the senior bowl was happening. And he had a really good line. He's like, he's like, Joe Douglas has learned this business the right way. He knows there are no shortcuts in talent evaluation. It just was like this guy has risen up through the ranks with the best of the best. You would assume that and hope that stuff is rubbed off. Yeah, absolutely. And and uh, I think he also said that it was kind of like this is the best and strongest personnel guy. That, oh, he said he, he how loved he said it. To work rather he than it was said, all he that said, stuff. He said he said he is one of my favorite people in the NFL. Is what he said about Joe Douglas. That's so. that's amazing. Let's go to Jason in the Poconos. Jason, what's going on, bud? How are you? Hey guys, I'm doing all right, man. Listen, the only thing tougher than trying to predict what's going to happen in the future is is predicting what you know what you guys are going to say on the radio man come on <laughs> come on man i mean let, let, let's just talk about tory smith tory smith he had one good one good year and look who he was lined whoa, up whoa, with. Whoa. Was, he had more than one good year bro, yeah. okay. and he had two okay. awful years in san okay. francisco he had two he yeah. had two okay but, but you can see oh, that hold on can... hold on hold on who are the other up uh, the opposing wideouts steve smith and anquan bolden so Okay, so he was that's, the third option. Well, that, what do you mean, so? You so, because you have Jeffrey, you have Jeffrey here, here on the left too. Side. Yeah, like, relax. Like, And also, the point is, he does one thing really, really well, yeah, that's and it. that's a thing that no yeah, one else on the deep, team can it. do. But that matters. That That's something that no one else on this team can do. Deshaun Jackson just got $20 million guaranteed because he could do well, that one that's thing. A ridiculous and yes, he's, I agree, and he's better at it than Torrey Smith. You can't diminish the fact that Torrey Smith, at least assuming the speed is not gone, and if it's gone, it's a very minimal investment, $500,000 to find yeah. out. Like it, it, This is like a total upside contract. I, mean, I no, don't see any forgot, downside. I forgot the main point that I was calling for. I had a, I had a really <laughs> Something good to do with point. Something about the, Mike Glennon? Yeah, about Mike Glennon. Look at his career stats. Yes, he doesn't get a lot of playing time because why? They drafted. They sucked. Tampa Bay sucked. So they got Jameis Winston. He's got 30 touchdown passes to 15 INTs. What kind of Carson Wentz's career is that? Uh, I don't know. He's only played one Look year in the up. league. Okay. 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 He cool. Started, cool, whoa, Jason. Whoa, whoa, whoa. Get him. Get Hold him. on. He, he started, though, right? Mike Glennon is so he much better than Carson Wentz. Dude, you're right. I can't believe, right? Jason, I can't you're right. believe this Glennon is actually. Mike Glennon is so much better than Carson this Wentz. Is, this, this, there's, is it the same guy? There was a guy that went after BLG about – Mike Glennon's stats in his rookie year. Mike Glennon, if, so if good. you want Mike Glennon over Carson Wentz, be my guest. Take him. And guess what? You can have that conversation by yourself. It is BGN Radio, <laughs> right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. Uh, well, we will try not to uh, at least upset uh, the rest of the Mike Glennon fan club. <laughs> How about that? Uh, don't worry. It's just that one guy. <laughs> it is uh, BGN Radio right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. John Barcher, James Zeltzer, of course, Brandon Lee Gouton, our biggest free agent acquisition. Back at BGN, BleedingGreenNation.com. Yeah, and, and it's just, I don't, I'm so baffled by that. I don't want to. I don't want to stick on it because there's just one guy thinking. You it, don't but, want to talk uh, Mike Glennon for the next no, four hours. I'd, I'd rather. I'd really rather not. But I also. I, I don't under. And this is. I, I'm just going to come back to the sticking point here. Do you think that? I, I guess not that it really matters because we'll still enjoy it either way. A touchdown is a touchdown. But uh, does the Wentz narrative from he doesn't like to throw down deep switch over to? 
hey, uh, actually, he's just succeeding now because of those wide receivers. No. I, I think I think it 100% does that. Ah, come on. I, I think know. I think I think everybody go, well, if you didn't have Jeffrey, would he be putting up these numbers now? Uh, I think that's exactly what happens if if uh, it is successful. I hope not. That's a very cynical view, John. Here's the thing I that I don't so. like that like we, everyone after one season has been like, "Oh, Carson Wentz's deep ball sucks." Like, yeah, it's ridiculous. who the heck is he throwing to? Like, who the <laughs> heck is supposed to catch these things? Yeah. Now, look, I get why you're like concerned with it because sometimes it might not be accurate or whatever. And he should be. Yeah, That's I'm concerning. not saying he has like the yeah. best deep ball in the NFL, but I'm saying like we can't even judge him accurately yet. Here's one thing I do know: I watched that guy in practice a lot, and I watched like Sam Bradford and Chase Daniel all practice last year. Carson Wentz actually tries to throw deep. Way, way more than those guys. So I think that's going to be a big new part of the offense this year. Yeah, and also he has the arm strength to do it. Like you said, it's just the mechanics haven't been great. They're working on it, all right? Like (laughs) they're putting the guy with the QB guru. Look, you know, we had talked so much last year, and and I think obviously those first three games kind of threw everyone off the scent, and then there was the whole, oh, he stinks, and there was the whole up and down of it. But the the fact that, like, first of all, the eight days to know he was going to be the starter, but – we mm-hmm. talked a ton before he started playing well about the D2 thing and coming from that program and stuff. He needs to learn a bit. You can't expect him to come in and have perfect mechanics. You know, you just hope that he's adaptable, can work with this Adam DeVoe, QB guru, Tom House disciple guy, and can, you know, move forward and fix those type of things. But to assume that he just can't do it is silly. Well, and and, it, and some of them won't be fixed. Gang, like some of them are just going to be with him for the rest of his life. Sure, like you, that's certainly possible too. You can't do it. Too. You can change your throwing motion a little bit. You can work on your feet work. You can do all that different He's stuff. Smart. It's never. He's it, really It's never going to all completely change. And guess what? A lot of quarterbacks don't change. Yes, he, it just happens. Like sometimes it doesn't look awkward, but it gets the job done, and you put playmakers around him. That's what. 30, no, 25 other NFL teams do. Well, and also he's really good when things break down. We've seen yes. that. Some of the best stuff we've seen, that speaks to me that he's going to, you know, you want a quarterback who can adapt and adjust on the fly. And also I'm a big believer that, I mean, put whatever percentage you want on it, 70%, I would say, so more, who knows, happens above the shoulders for a quarterback in the NFL. It's it's what happens above the shoulders, the 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 intelligence, the poise, the maturity, all that type of stuff. This kid has it in spades. Bill. Totally agree. And what's one of the things last year that we saw Carson Wentz doing when he's scrambling around and there's just no one there to throw to. No one yep. is getting open. Yep. Now you have Alshon Jeffrey. You can just chuck it up to him. You have Torrey Smith who's going to be able to actually get open deep. Just you go. can chuck it up. With Torrey Smith to, <laughs> to that guy's point about how Torrey Smith had like one good season or something. So, uh, so all of Torrey Baltimore. Smith among uh, active career NFL players in yards per reception, he's second. Guess who number one is? Deshaun, Deshaun. Jackson. And he's <laughs> like slightly behind Deshaun. So, uh, no, you don't just do that getting only ha- by only having one good year. And he had $500,000. Yeah, so even if he sucks, who cares? You move on from and he's still, unfortunately, better than anything you're, else on you're the paying, receiving like, court. You're, you're, you're paying guys like uh, Isaac Samalo, who's like could start, but like Big V, whatever guys who were drafted in the second, third, fourth, fifth round last year, more money than you guaranteed money than I you're know. paying. To, like, yeah, this it's is just crazy. Like it, does, it doesn't matter. Let's go to Larry in Ridley Park. Larry, what's going on, buddy? Well, you know, I looked at Howie as a box of chocolates. You never know what you're going to get. Yeah, he's <laughs> turned it around, hasn't he, Larry? That's true. Yeah, absolutely. Listen, guys. What was the one thing that we talked about after the season, as far as uh, Wentz? Didn't we talk about surrounding him this year with weapons? Mm-hmm. Okay. We did that yesterday, and kudos to Howie. 
There's one more piece of the puzzle that's missing. Do you know what it is? I think running a, back. There it is. Is it running back? And who will that be? It's going to be somebody in the draft. <laughs> because I don't. Give, I don't. Give me, a, give me the name because I, I already know. I think I, I already you got said some already. Inside, inside info. Yeah, line? you tell us, Larry. I think. It, I think. He's it, a Florida State grad. I've seen this kid play for the last three years. You know where I'm going. If you say Dalvin Cook, I'm running out of the studio. You better start running. He's gone. Where'd he go? <laughs> All right, guys, enjoy exactly. the show. <laughs> that is the missing part of the puzzle. And listen, guys, you know it as well as I know that this draft is deep with quarterbacks. When you have a, an opportunity, now let's say if Cook is there now, if Davis or Williams is there, then you've got to think about that. But if those two are gone, Fournette is gone, and Cook is there sitting for you at 14, and you go with a pass rusher and a quarterback which you can get in two, three, four, then really this is where he basically has disappointed me. I, yeah, I, I hear you, Larry, and that's where it, you know it gets into that sticky situation. And there's in you know, some good points in there. I'm I'm not taking Dalvin Cook at 14, and no way am I doing that over Corey Davis. No way. Or my and this is and this is this is the part of the the Jeffrey situation, which I think people are just we're they're automatically locked in, and maybe maybe Sidney Jones scares some people away from it now, but so locked in at corner in the first round. Yeah. And guess what? They're open. To still do anything, and I think they should still do anything that's going to benefit Carson Wentz and this team is what they should do at fourteen. Yeah, I don't care if that's OJ Howard. I don't care if that's Corey nope, Davis. That's I don't not care happening. if it's, we can rule it's out. It's not going to be OJ Howard. Howard. I don't. Right, go on. I don't. I have no idea. I have no idea what's going to happen. And we get into these situations all the time. Well, there's going to be one playmaker down there, right? There's going to be somebody. There's going to, you know, uh, they're they're not going to be there. I just I have that feeling this year that they're just not going to fall to fourteen. Because of the quarterback situation, I only think one of them goes in the top ten, the top I twelve, top eleven. Too. I, I don't know. I don't know I, if Mitchell Trubisky and and uh, I'm going to call him Mitch. I don't even care. Yeah. And I got to tell you, Watson's, Watson's uh, under go under that there. barometer now. He's going to go up there. I'm telling you, 49 miles an hour. Oh, he's no. throwing that football. That's awfully slow. You so, put, you're putting too much. That, I'm Watson, not, that, Watson a, isn't a combine guy. He's a. I mean, and he had a good combine too. He did. Fantastic. Wa- yeah, combine. a terrific combine. Watson, Other than that. Yeah. Well, he's a playmaker. Watson's a playmaker. Yeah. Someone's going to take a shot on him in the top ten. I think. I I think it's. I think we're. You get to the point now. We're like, okay, Sidney Jones is probably with a torn Achilles, reportedly. Oh, he'll drop. Yeah. So that's bunch. that's out. But then like. I don't know. I I'm think, good with I an think edge rusher. Eagles, I'm good with a wide receiver. I'm good with whatever. I, I'm with you. Like I, I am think, too. I think that the Eagles are going to have to go up and get somebody at 11 or 12. Ooh, I mean, I want them to go up and get Fournette, but I don't think it's going to happen. But I, I that, that would make me happy. And I don't know if is it is it really where where's your head out right now with this? I mean, there's there's still there's still some things to to get into and consider as well. But maybe just here's what I want you to think about as we head into the break. Do you want this team to even have a veteran corner right now? Where's your feeling on the secondary? Because as you go into this thing, there's no starting corner right now. And don't sell me on Jalen Mills. Don't sell me on Ron Brooks. Because those guys can't go. But who? What, what do you want to do right now with the cornerback situation? We'll look at some free agents and see what we can do there. Speed Jam Radio right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. 94WIP FM HD1 Philadelphia from the Tasty Cake Studios. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94WIP. The corners are sparse. There's a lot of them in the draft, but at the same time, 
The Eagles don't have anybody right now, which is a little scary. It's a little scary, and I'm kind of confused on why exactly are they holding on to Kendricks, why exactly they're holding on to Kelsey. And then in the middle of all that, they sign Steven Wisniewski to a three-year deal, and you just assume, all right, well, Kelsey's gone. Kelsey's not going to be around anymore. And now there's like, hey, we're no, actually, we're not going to release him at all, and we're still working on a trade. So what exactly are they doing here? You have a lot of different stuff that you're not going to need in the future, and you're holding on to these things, which is affecting the cap, which is also affecting you signing a corner, and that's scaring me a little bit as is BGN Radio, John Barcher, James Elzer, Brandon Lee Gouton all here with you. Should I be wor- worried about that at all, or you think this is just going to – you're just waiting for other dominoes to fall here, James? Yeah, I mean, look I- – <laughs> I know it's only two days in the yeah, free agency. Yeah, but. and also, like, worried a relative term here, right? I mean, th- they're going to do something. They're not going to go into the season over the cap. They're not going to go into the draft with the inability to sign the draft picks. Howie's too good at managing this type of stuff to put himself in that type of position. So something's going to happen. I don't it's think just we need sparse. It. Yeah, and it's also know? like we, we, we were expecting, we are expecting, we're seeing all this stuff happening, and you're like, all right, let's let's figure this out. And, you know, to have it still unresolved at this point just kind of you know, makes you feel a little tense about it. But I think it's going to work itself out. I think it's unlikely Kelsey's back. I think they're... And the the thing about the Kendricks thing, BLG, that's interesting was the concept of the guaranteed money now. Like, it's that's the part where it's like, why not cut him? It makes you feel like they almost have to have a trade for him, right? Like, you would think, or at least uh, uh, something close to a trade. I think that's exactly the situation. Because why else would they be keeping those guys around? Like, as John just said, if they need... Like, what's more valuable, getting, like, a seventh-round pick or whatever or having that cap space to sign, you know, like, uh, a potential starting corner, not a stud like, you know, A.J. Bouye, but a guy who can come in and compete. Uh, It's weird that that situation hasn't been resolved just because, like, it's so obvious the Eagles are going to move on. And it's like, the Eagles really just even, like, can't keep all those offensive linemen. It doesn't make sense. Like, why do you have that many guys in, in that spot. And with Kendricks, it's just so obvious the coaching staff doesn't like him. He only played 27% of the snaps last year. Like, they're so ready to move on from that guy. It's a really weird situation. Um, they're going to have to figure it out soon. Yeah, and and that's what's uh, – I guess that's why I keep rambling. And, and, again, like, what is it worth – what is it really worth to hold on to these guys for a potential – Player for player swap, six yeah, round. Yeah, like a seventh or a conditional seventh. Yeah, if it's going to stop you from getting, you know, a, a veteran corner out there. Real I'm quick. sure it will work itself out, but yeah, what do you, what do you got let for me, us? Let me throw a few of the free agent corners still in the market to you guys and see if any of them pique your interest. Oh, one of them does. Let's get to it. Getting a little, ooh. <laughs> Uh, I'm assuming Morris Claiborne is the one that get, piques your interest. Oh no, that's one that piques John's interest. I think I, I think I, I hate w- it. I don't, I don't. I mean, I'm not saying that one he's he, he's great, but yeah, one year deal for Claiborne just to. You're not talking about Leonis and Calvin, are you? <laughs> <laughs> he thought little. about it. He thought right, about I'll it. I'll give you. I'll give you three more names. Tell me if any interest you. Alteron Werner, Ladarius yeah. Webb, Brandon Carr. You didn't listen. You didn't listen. The one I want. Ladarius Webb, no car, definitely not because he's like thirty, isn't he? Yeah, yeah, thirty-one. Uh, yeah, I'm way out on that. Tavon Webster. Hey, from well, yeah. there's the well, there's the Corey the one, Unley connection. I was going to get there. That's the one we. <laughs> me and BLG <laughs> both want because it makes. I don't sense. think that's a bad idea. You want the guy who's played behind, you know, stuck behind the the talented dudes. He yes. can't quite get on the field, but he's learning from him. He's in that system. He's getting some reps. Yeah, yeah there's I like some upside there. And he's a special teams guy. Great special teams player. He's the special teams captain for the Broncos. Uh, he was a third-round pick, so he has a decent pedigree, too, When uh, especially he was there when Corey Undlin, Eagles defensive uh, backs coach, you know, the Broncos drafted him under that regime. So that's significant. We saw Warmack being connected to Stoutland. That's We've right. seen 
you know, Jeffrey and Tory Smith with Joe point. Douglas and everyone. So that could be a factor as well. Yeah, let's go get uh, Corey Unlin, whatever he wants. Not uh, not <laughs> Eric Rowe. Not? not Eric Rowe, obviously, but let's go <laughs> back to the phones. 888-729-9494. Justin, our man, all the way out there in northern Illinois. What's going on, buddy? Gentlemen, how you guys doing tonight? Doing fantastic, my friend. Thanks for calling in. Awesome, man. Love you guys. Definitely representing up here right by Lake Michigan and uh, always checking in. So first-time caller. Just wanted to uh, chat real quick about the court, uh, Kyle Fuller thing. This is a dude like we already talked, like you guys were already talking about. Definitely somebody who I think intrigued a lot of Eagles fans when he was uh, coming into that draft. And uh, a lot of people up here have soured on him. And a lot of it was uh, Vic Fangio came out last season and said a couple of things, uh, kind of knocked his work ethic slash determination to get back onto the field after an injury. Mm-hmm. Kyle Fuller didn't really back himself up. Now, a lot of people question that, you know, they obviously up here, they all, everybody thinks everybody should be from the 85 Bears mantra. Oh, I know that but well. I, <laughs> get a, what happened yeah. to Ditka? Get, get a guy like that in here. Yeah, Ditka absolutely. or God. Yeah. Well, they got the next best thing in Mark Tressman. So, you know, hey. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> Back to the CFL, right? There it is. Yeah, absolutely. But as far as Fuller goes, you know, I, I love that idea. I mean, he's, he's a physical guy. He's got some swagger. I think he was just a guy who kind of was playing the business, the business protocol, you know, keeping his mouth shut. Probably his agent told him just to let it, you know, slide off his back. So I like him. I like the Kayvon Webster for sure. That was a great call on your list uh, over at the uh, blog uh, last week. And uh, I think as far as the draft goes, I think it's going to be real fluid. You're going to see a lot of these weird veteran trades and stuff like that. Who knows? A guy could fall. A team picks up, you know, a, a corner that fell at, say, 10 or 12, and all of a sudden their guy's available. So I think there's going to be some options, but I'm really – I have faith in Howie. He hasn't given us any reason not to in the last two seasons. Um, So I think it's going to work out, but it's definitely uh, kind of starting to chew down to the cuticle, seeing what we're going to do (laughs) here. Thanks for – Thanks for taking my call, guys. You Thanks guys for rock. making Appreciate it. That was a great call, Justin. Very great and call. And real quick, along with the Eagles-Bears, yeah, you love the credit to the blog there. Uh, along with the Eagles-Bears thing, just a quick little aside, who would have thought that if you look back on last season, a, a meaningless season in the grand scheme of things in terms of wins and losses, that Chicago Bears game looks like it might have been the most important game of last season. <laughs> yeah, maybe. That's the game maybe. where Alshon yeah. said he watched him play. It's like it had yeah. this impact on Alshon. I mean, how you guys many, buying how any many, of that? No, I, I, a little I, bit. A little bit. Because look, how much? Know, how man. many games does Alshon Jeffrey watch of other teams that he's not playing? How many? He sees a kid like Carson Wentz be that good in his second NFL game against his team. I feel like that makes some semblance of an impression. Well, here's what I'll say about that. He sure didn't get too inspired when the Bears were playing the Vikings. <laughs> well, that's true. Sam Bradford. Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah, that, which is, again, just working them over. I mean, just, just sticking it to the Vikings every oh time. Oh, my God. Sam Bradford was Ser- like the worst like, idea they ever had in their Rick life. Spielman <laughs> is like how he's pet. Like, he's like his pet dog. Like, he should just, like, leads him around <laughs> yes. on a leash. It is unbelievable how he, much he is own that guy. I mean, and obviously, you know, yeah. that wasn't well, necessarily watch- Spielman's fault here, but still, it's just, they, we own the Vikings. You guys watched The Office, right? Or of did course. Yes. You yeah. remember, Favorite <laughs> show. You remember when, uh, that, when Dwight and Andy were having that argument about the car? About just like, you're going to sell me this car. Yes. You're going to oh, give it yeah, to me yeah, right yeah, now. You're going to do it. You're going to do it. You're going to do it. exactly how it went down, right? It's like, right? Three, two, one. Give it to him. Give it to him. So that's, yeah. I think how he has this like evil streak in him that nobody really sees. And then all the lighter side of it when he's signing free agents. He also says, small. Yeah. He's so non intimidating. He's like a master manipulator. Yeah. All right. Let's go to Pat in Salem. Pat, what's going on, buddy? How are you? Good. How you doing? Good. 
I wanted to call in and uh, talk about cornerback. You guys kind of took it away because I agree with you guys on uh, Webster. I feel like he came in, played well when he had to, and he just, you know, playing behind two good corners, he just hasn't had a chance to show Three, yet. three good corners of Roby yeah. there, too. Three good corners, yeah. Well, um, and, and, I wanted and to say it, I was, sorry, go ahead, buddy. I want to say I was happy we kind of didn't give that big money to Boyer because I feel like he benefited from a great pass rush there in Houston. Absolutely you know, did, and and can you imagine? Can you imagine the conversation right now if there if for like the umpteenth million year in a row that the Eagles paid thirteen and a half million dollars to a corner that's going to be here and, and go number one, and he goes down to Jacksonville where nothing ever works in free agency. So I, I agree. I I would rather I'd rather have no corners than paying Bouye, you know, thirteen and a half Me million too. dollars. Don't no way. Yeah, because I mean that guy kinda last year he just fell out of the sky for them, played well, but I think it was just all beneficial of that great pass rush in Houston. Yeah, but, uh, big but time. also I, I wanted to say uh, the other thing was I think Howie's kinda overplaying his hand with Kelsey. Like I feel like at this point even Kelsey knows he's probably done. Uh, but I think Howie's just kinda he's like, Well I'm gonna keep shopping him and shopping him and you know, hope another team falls, but I think it's going to come to him being cut to save money. Yeah, there's, and that's what we can't figure out, Pat. And we appreciate you hanging out and, and and giving us a call there. That's one thing I just I just can't figure out here. Like, what what are you trying to get out of this thing? What do you mean? I don't know why. I mean, are are they really going to go in with that much depth at offensive line? Not oh, that oh, it really yeah, matters. Yeah. Like, no. but Kelsey no, can only really play that one spot. He's Kelsey's, way too small for him to, to play guard here. I mean, you can't you can't go out get Warmack, resign Wiz. And uh, you know, yeah, obviously, ch- Brooks is here. Chicks you, up. You, and and Ch- <laughs> and and Samalo. I mean, yeah, it's up. Like we we know you're not keeping up, Kelsey. Like it's just it's not happening. Don't lie to us too. Like I have no. I want Howie to lie in the sense that I want him to do whatever he has to to you know not get uh, not give away the answers on the test or whatever they yeah, want to call it. Line. But like you know, don't say Jason Kelsey will definitely be on the team or whatever exactly you said. It was like, dude, come on, man. Like, yeah. And with Jimmy Kemsky reporting that earlier in the um, in the offseason, look, Jimmy has good sources. He knows what he's talking about. He wouldn't just throw that out there randomly. So obviously he heard something. And then he kind of clarified that yesterday. He had a report that the Eagles will not cut Jason Kelsey. And he was very firm on the language of that report. He kept saying they won't cut him. But yeah. he, he didn't say they will trade him, but he kind of was leaving that door open there. So I think I think that's what it has to be. And another thing that we kind of heard yesterday from our – our good old friend Mike Kay down in Jacksonville. Hey, 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 you'd kind of heard who, Mike who you know, hey, hey, he, hey, hey, he was the one who first said about Stephen Wisniewski uh, resigning here. And then he kind of said that he had heard that, or at least he got the sense that he was resigned to play the center position. So if that's Ooh, the case, again, yeah. why is Jason Kelsey here? Yeah, because then you're, what, are you going to have a three-way battle there? And then yeah. whoever, whoever loses that battle, the battle royale for left guard comes in there. So, yeah, because right now that would be, it would be Sale Malo versus Wiz versus Kelsey. Yeah. Then that transitions into Barber versus Warmack versus uh, Sale Malo versus Wiz. Wiz for that left. So you don't need that many left guards. Like, geez, oh, man. You know, or right guards, I guess, you know, but Just I guess Brooks goes down or whatever. Guards, period. Yeah, so it's way, okay. too, that's way too many Guardy McBeefs for one football team. Mm-hmm. And then you have, you know, all the rest unless of the, you're the back Browns, over there. Well, unless you're the Browns. That's right. Who, by the way. I hate to say it for the second year in a row because I have this I have this weird love hate thing with the Browns. I don't like them making fun of our quarterback here in Philadelphia, and, and, you know, it, it, whether it's in directly or indirectly or whatever's going on there. But I gotta say, I really like what the Browns are doing. Yep. I, I I can't believe that they were able to NBA Brock Osweiler into a second round pick for simply taking on his salary, which I think is That's phenomenal. 
and it's genius. And right now they're trying to flip him again, to which won't work. Each, which won't I, happen. I, I was, completely disagree because here's how for they, a third. Here's I don't are know you if out of your mind? That's what they want. Listen, I don't know if it's going to be for a third, but we Not know for a third. But well, we they, but listen, they said listen, they'd give a listen fifth with to it. me for a moment. I will never. <laughs> I think if they go okay. We're all, we're only going to make you pay four million dollars of this contract. I think he has value over nope. the, for at least a fourth. No, you can move him in there. Who wants Brock Osweiler so to play bad. for them? So, the Bears wanted Mike Glennon. You're Mike, telling me that somebody doesn't want Brock I'm Osweiler? I'm telling you that Mike Glennon is way better than Brock Osweiler. Wow. And I don't even think Mike Glennon's that good. <laughs> kind of feels like Sam Bradford and Nick Brock Foles, Osweiler <laughs> is like Mike Tafuri is a better quarterback than Brock Osweiler. Well. That's probably true. That's <laughs> so, definitely true. Thank you. Uh, but still, in in being able to try and get, even if it's a seventh, who cares? You took on yeah. salary. You got a second round pick out of that, and whatever you get out of whatever, that just is cut him, and it's still a win. It doesn't. Right. It's a well, great yeah, trade. But regardless. I'm just saying, like, it's even better if they can move him in there. And other than a quarterback, the Browns look pretty good. Well, and the head coach looks a little questionable there. But I, you know, I don't know. What do they? What do they have now? They have twelve, you know, top fifty picks for the next a lot. Couple of years. Uh, it's actually forever in perpetuity yeah. oh, okay. for the rest that's of what, time. That's what's yes. happening there. They have 14 seconds next year, I believe. Maybe you know six first. You know, 23rd. Yeah, <laughs> so it's get, good. Getting somewhere around there, and they're it's just they're they're aiming to have a team full of rookies, like of they did all, last year. Yeah, it's gonna be good. Yeah, so good. I, I don't know if that. I mean, it's not gonna do much to their win total here, but it's very much the process in Cleveland. And I think that's why I like it so much. But I also. I don't know. I think Carson Wentz is one of their biggest mistakes. But it's so also far. the Browns still, it is. to some extent. No, oh, it's still the Browns. Yeah, the Browns gonna brown, and they're gonna eventually, you know, be like get sick of this, and and their owner like always sticks his nose yeah, where it should you, be. You, they're gonna you, go that, with well, another certain well, sports that's the thing. team. It's a, look. Yeah, interesting yes. how that happens. Yeah, you don't do something like this unless you're willing to fully commit to it. Period. Yes. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So. Uh, with that being said, I think we want to also get into just some of the best and worst. In the next segment here of what's going around, and I want to loop that back around too because I do have. I'm gonna. This is where I'm gonna play devil's advocate a little bit. I know that everybody's very excited about Jeffrey, and you absolutely should be. But I, there's there's still some risk involved there, and I still think that maybe not taking Brandon Cooks with 14, with the way the draft board is shaking out, with how everybody kind of does this thing, we overvalue 14 so badly right now. And that's why I, I, I still think that either way, the risk was relatively the same. We'll get into that. Plus a bunch more right here on BGN Radio. It's BGN Radio right here on 94 WIP. And, uh, that was my favorite. That Every, was my, no, it's good. That was my favorite return song of the night. <laughs> yeah, it was. It was. Uh, the, the gremlins get in there every now and again. And I, I tell yeah, you what. Yeah, it's a system. I, I'll, I'll back up to Fury. Oh, yeah. Sometime, no, it's not Sometimes it'll happen. It happened to me the other day. I was coming back from breaking the midday show, and there's nothing there. And I'm just like, talk! Just talk! (laughs) I feel you. 888-729-9494. John Barcher, James Elson, Brandon Lee, Gouton, all sitting here. Some uh, semi-breaking news. And this kind of, I thank the football gods for (laughs) having this land right in my lap as it was going to be our next segment anyway. But reportedly, this coming from uh, Pro Football Talk, Mike Florio, saying that the Eagles did put in an offer. Of Brandon Cooks. And what was that offer, Brandon? Malcolm Jenkins, a third wow. and a fourth. What? And the Saints turned it down. They wanted Malcolm or the Saints wanted a second round pick plus Jenkins. Wow. What 
was what are why you? Why didn't the Eagles? Why do that? didn't they do that? <laughs> I love Malcolm Jenkins. Don't get me wrong, but I would do that in a second. Honestly, why Take didn't they do that? Take one of these all like ten thousand good safeties I'm, coming out no, in this no. draft. That made me pissed right there. Are you kidding me? That the Eagles said no way, not for a second. And Malcolm Jenkins, I and 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 listen, I love Malcolm as much as the next gun. I think it's a great tandem that they had there with McLeod. But man, oh man, if you're going into a draft with like again great safeties, great defensive backs. And you're not exactly sure what's gonna how this wide receiver thing's gonna shake out. You know, I, I I don't get me wrong. I love Corey Davis. I love John Ross. There's injury history things that are there. I, you're you're banking on potential versus actuality. Here's a good point by Jimmy Kemsky on Twitter right now, who doubts that that's true. The Eagles would have lost lost six million in cap space by trading Jenkins. Oh, so that, oh okay. So that so right. totally be believable. True. That doesn't sound. Yeah, that, like, it okay. doesn't totally it right. doesn't feel like. All right, that. so let's just say that was Brandon Graham. Or That's do you think it was just maybe. non-existent I at all? I think, I, I, think this is, I, I don't know Fodder? if this is like an, oh, we tried kind of thing or something weird. I, just, I don't know. That that doesn't make sense. I Trading think, Malcolm Jenkins and losing $6 million in cap space? Like, no, no and also I think sense. that, I think that, I really do believe that they signed Jeffrey with the intent or hope that he's their answer. Like, because Cooks, I love Cooks too, and we could argue, I think, you know, if you take out, obviously, Jeffrey's older, but you take out the injury issues, I think Jeffrey is, I'd rather have Jeffrey on my team right at this moment than Cooks. You Ooh, you disagree? Man. Maybe. It's tough. It's close. Either way, you are going to have to pay Cooks after next year, so uh, I think maybe. You're going to have to do the same thing to, with Jeffrey to, That's next my year. point. I'm saying maybe they mm-hmm. like Jeffrey better for yeah. the ability to sign him for the one year, get the look, get the exclusive negotiating rights, the all the kind of control in the situation. Maybe that was just more appealing to them than having to give something up also for a guy who maybe they don't like quite as much. Just, you know, conjecture. Well, and that comes back to it. So the ar- argument with that, and we, we've been having it a lot this week, is just like, well, you know, I'd rather give the 14 or what ends up being nine and a half with incentives to get to $14 million for Jeffrey versus having to then pay that pick along with paying the money two years later is, is just like, well, you just can't give up that first rounder because th- – that could potentially, you could have a rookie under contract for, for the next four years. But I, I just got to say, there's no, and I know it's, listen, I know all the arguments. I know it's Drew Brees. I know it's inside of a dome. I know it's the offense and the and the ball just keeps coming to wide receivers. They throw all the time. But one of three wide receivers to end up with 75, 1,000 and eight touchdowns in the last two years, you are not ever going to get that in the next two years, no matter who you draft in the first round. I guarantee that. Maybe John Ross or maybe some of those guys. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe Corey Davis comes out in his second year and balls out, and you have two years of that before you have to worry about paying all those guys. But there's a see what what I, the only thing that gives me a little bit of pause about being completely optimistic about Jeffrey is it could also go bad. He could only play ten games. Of course, he could only play nine. He could do soft that. tissue injury. He could get a PED yeah, suspension. Whatever. He gets a ten game PED <laughs> That's suspension. Right. That's on the table. So, so again, and if you and if everybody's so focused on fixing the secondary in those earlier rounds, you pass up on some of that talent. I'm not saying that there's not talent elsewhere. You could go get Zay Jones or Chris Godwin or somebody like that. That's that. Could be that type of playmaker, too, and just goes a little later. We see it happen a lot, and, and that's Joe Douglas's job to do. But I, I still think that Brandon Cooks would have been the safer route there, Yeah, you well, know, despite all of that. I, I understand this is minimal risk with big reward potential, but the Eagles could be in the exact same spot that they are this season 
if they don't land, you know, if Jeffrey doesn't hit and they kind of ignore wide receiver in the first round or second round or whatever and don't have that replacement ready in case that happens, then you're kind of the same thing. You don't lose the pick, but you you might be out a playmaker. No, I'm with, look, I would have traded 14 for Cooks in a second. I said that at the time. I'll say it again now. I just, I think that when you look at the way it all played out, I think it, they might have been more interested in Jeffrey. And clearly, I think they were. Yeah, clearly. We said that a month were, ago, yeah, by the way. we said that a month ago, yeah, yeah. exactly. So, or Jeffrey was a fallback. Or Je- that's, but look, exactly. It could go either way. It really could. Who knows? Either way, I'm, I'm happy with how it played out. I would love to have traded the first for Cooks. I would have done that. But I'm also very happy getting Jeffrey, getting that free look at him. Or not free. You know, you're paying him for <laughs> yeah. you. You know what I mean? That, that opportunity to get him yeah, in your yeah. building before making a real decision on, you know, a long-term type of thing. I- I'm happy with it. I, I really am. I, I would have loved Cooks, but I'm not going to complain. Yeah, and if it just turns into like, you know, I, I think it's because it's the one-year deal. It makes it makes the perspective a little different. If it's a long-term deal oh, with Jeffrey, totally different. then it, then it com- totally completely different. changes it here. But even if they do, like even if they sign him up in that, let's say they, I, I don't know, they, they find a long-term contract after the season and then you don't produce again, it's still... It's I, to me. It's still the same kind of risk. I understand. Like I, I, I think it comes back to how much we really do overvalue draft picks. It is absolutely insane how much we do. It's not just that to me. My whole argument was that in a vacuum, is Brandon Cooks worth a first round pick? Yes, he's a very good player. He's a first round talent. But applying the context to the situation and knowing that the Saints didn't have a ton of leverage, obviously he's a good player. Uh, you know, it's and they got a decent return for him, so it's not like they had no leverage, but they didn't have all the leverage in the world. And to me, he wasn't worth that fourth, fourth the number fourteen overall pick because the Saints didn't have the the right to demand that. And we had heard reports that the Titans turned down, or yeah, they tried to give up eighteen. Yeah, that was obviously a lie because the Patriots took thirty two from him, and yeah. that was my argument. They the Patriots proved he wasn't worth fourteen because exactly. they gave up thirty two yep. for him. Yep. So they're they're I feel like and they're third. Yeah, and but for third. a second, I mean, but or like, for a fourth back, but, or whatever. My point it was, was, it was yeah, the market exactly. value. He wasn't worth fourteen, and now we know that would have been an overpay based on what they traded him for. Ah, well, <laughs> and that's what I'm saying. That's what I keep coming back to because there is because now you have your draft picks and a wide receiver, and also on well, Jeffrey, as opposed to just having a wide receiver, and then what are you? How are you going to get a quarterback now? How are you going to get an uh, offensive lineman or running back or whatever else you need in There's the first round? There's six of the rounds. Six of the rounds first of the round draft. pick is important. They're just tossing it aside. It's not, yeah, not tossing it You have a wide aside. receiver and a first round pick, or a wide receiver and no first round pick. How do, but what? It's that simple. What? It comes down no, to that. No, it's not yes, because it you're is. assuming that 14 hits. You're assuming that this draft goes up At without least there's a, a chance and of 14 it. works. If you don't have a pick, there's no chance the, it hits. The only up, the only upside is you got to wait two years until Brandon Cook's level type of player gets to there, and then you, then you only have two rookie years. Under that contract anyway, it's the same argument. You're just moving it ahead. All Sean in a pick is better than Brandon Cooks and no pick. I don't. I agree. In, in terms of in terms of value, sure. Get him. <laughs> Come in, on. In terms of value, yes, but you're also that it just assumes so much when people say that. Oh, you'd rather have the chance to select a playmaker in the first round as opposed to just taking one that's right in front of you. They got a playmaker. Alshon Jeffrey. No, I'm just. Oh man, I don't know, man. This is fun. I, for one year. That's what I'm saying. It's Brandon for one Cooks, year. You, have to, you don't have him for super long. You either. have him at least You'd for two years, him. and then you have to pay him and re-up him again. I'm a BLG. Man, oh man. Alshon in the first over Cooks. All right, let's leave it up. Let's leave it up to here because I think it's a, it's a it's a heated debate. Eight 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 seven two nine ninety four ninety four. 
Jeffrey for $14 million or Good. Brandon Cooks for 14 it's, it's not my money. It's not. Pay him, baby. It's, it's nobody's money. Pay him. I just, uh, it, it, more or less to me, I understand what you guys are saying. Here's an angle that we haven't considered. And shout out to our, our good friend Noah Becker on Twitter. He's suggesting the Saints leak that offer to make it uh, more know, palatable yeah, for a what they got. Deal. That's a great yeah. point. I bet that you that's is totally true. something the Saints would have done. Absolutely. There's so much BS floating out there. I just talked about it with the Saints turning down yeah. that 18th pick, and that was from a New Orleans reporter. Like There was so much BS it's out there, and it was point. obviously coming out from the Saints. That totally could have been from them. I agree. I think that's probably what happened. That and, makes a ton of sense. And, Seriously, and, I'm being serious. I think that makes a ton of sense. And then you kind of come back and think to, of just like why even let, let's just say that the cap room issue wasn't wasn't, you know, uh, a thing for the Eagles and Malcolm Jenkins. Why would they want him back? Yeah, it doesn't make a ton of sense. You know, would they be like, oh, sorry, we made a huge mistake. Now we'll take it. Back. I mean, that would have been hilarious for us to, to be like, oh, my God. And then you and then you want him back in the system, and then he doesn't do as well as he does here, and then you just, you know, you fleece the Saints one more time. But, you know, you can't have that conversation anymore. I don't know. I, I, all I'm saying is I, I'm, I'm just playing devil's advocate for the most part here because there's there's a – a thing right now where 14's automatically locked up. And, like, what gives us any confidence that this Eagles team is going to pick correctly down below there? You know, that is a, it's, an, it's an incredible crapshoot. There is not much difference between 14 and 20. There really isn't. Well, and we're sitting on, here, like, just saying, like, year. yeah, it's it easy. Whoa, year, what obviously. did you just say? There's no difference between 14 and there's 20? Not but a you're an anti-trade down guy? Yeah. You're like, oh, we can't trade oh, down at all. We can't we trade down because no, there's no difference. You, you should, no, there I, is a difference. I'm Sorry. saying, I'm saying there's Fournette. not. Trade up for Fournette. For, first of all, I said there's not a lot of difference that's there. Then trade down. Okay. For what? No, no, come on. That's the first You're like time. Mr. Anti-Trade like Down the whole time. I, I, oh, my God. I've seen him get, like, red in the that's face I mean. arguing no, about you, you not trading that's down. That's what I'm saying. John, you were caught in the lie. I'm not caught in the lie because just, because 14 and 20 is the same type of value that's there for that player, which is why if the Eagles want a playmaker, you should trade up. That's the whole argument there, yeah, not to trade uh, back and fine. get a, a lesser of a player like – Pick from the same talent pool, sure. Yeah, it's a higher talent pool, but just from the Eagles' onset alone, what makes you think that they're going to hit this pick? Oh, but the, yeah, but that's you can't think that way. You can't think Joe Douglas. First of all, gives me at least more hope that they'll hit this pick, right? I mean, that's a guy and Andy White, other guys in here who sh- seem to know what they're doing in these situations. At least what their track record is so far has been solid. Their their education in this is solid. They you would assume that they at least have some potential to be able to do this well. That has to give you a little bit of of optimism. And then and then other than that, you can't just so like what are you just gonna say? Oh well never, never, I don't want to trade all the picks away because these guys are never gonna pick one, right? I mean you can't think <laughs> no, about it I'm that way. I'm not saying that but I'm you just can't saying think about it that way. You seven can't other take, picks. There's seven other picks. We only we only rely on the first round I'm it not seems. Saying, and it's I'm crazy not disagreeing with you that the first round picks are way overvalued in the way we talk about this stuff and whatnot. I'm saying that you can't base it on the decision on the the theory of, well, they're going to screw it up anyway. Like, that's not a legitimate argument. Then the legitimate argument is that the probability of a first-round pick hanging is 50%, and Brandon Cooks yeah, is 100% yeah, percent point, Exactly. I, I'm with you. I would trade the 14 that's picks all. for Cooks. I'm just saying. I mean, we can't like, do anything about it now. But it's interesting, as we talk about a lot of these offseason moves, because, first of all, I think the Patriots made out on that deal 
like crazy, big time, big time, like that, big time. And on the Coney Ealy deal, I, like, I was hated like, that. Yeah, uh, you didn't like that I for the Patriots. That, I, thought, I thought that was the dumbest thing that the Patriots could have done. Why they didn't give up anything practically to do it? They gave up what a second they swap. They, I mean, they, they swapped, swapped yeah. second and thirds. Like, so I, whatever for for a guy that they didn't want. That's what I'm saying. The Panthers didn't want him there either. But he's a decent player. Like he adds something uh, to the Patriots. No, his 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 potential is decent. Like to, uh, the the fact that they went in there and just be like, oh yeah. I, and for, again, this is all in context because for the Patriots, Bill's just going crazy this year, right? He doesn't care. Brady, Brady's done, dude. Right? That's what that kind of signals to you guys. I actually, just like, I actually have a, I actually have a theory. I have a theory, a theory that I told you guys. All right, let's oh. hold. Let's yeah, hold I off didn't on tell that you, I have not told you guys the theory, no, but I'm I said excited. I want to tell you. I have a theory on what is happening with the Patriots. All right, so there's a theory that is happening with the Patriots, and James is going to tell about this us about this next right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. This is BGN Radio on Sports Radio 94 WIP. It's from our uh, our good friend Tyler. Tyler? Tyler? Man, that'd be... I mean, I, first of all, I would want to meet, meet a dude named Tyler. I would want to drink name. a fat Tyler. Yeah, it, Maybe that'll happen around uh, 8 o'clock here is when we're wrapping things up on BGN Radio. I'm going to stay on board. Teron Davenport's going to join me at 8 o'clock as we'll have a couple of uh, prospect interviews so you're going ki- on. You're, so what you're saying is you're kicking me and BLG out of Yeah, here, pretty so. much. Uh, you, you kind of messed up. You guys disgust me. Uh, but Tyler says wow. that he'd Ouch. take Jeffrey in a first all the way. So uh, It's it. way better than Cooks and, and no pick. You got to pay him next year anyway. Which is dangerous to say. I I would I might add in there. That's what I'm saying. Like, well, you have to pay Jeffrey. What if he? What if he sucks? You, you, know? you won't what pay him. Sucks? What? If, that's the point. I doubt that's, that's going to happen. But still, real quick, my what if big, Bernie Cook sucks. Yeah, sure. It's the same. It's just, that's what I'm saying. It's the same risk. Yeah. No, either it's, way, it's still the same risk. First round either way, it's we've the talked. Potential we've anyway. talked a lot about Al- theory time. I'm going to get to the theory. One sec. First, though, yes. just tell Alshon real quick. We've talked a lot about the whole Jeffrey Jeffries thing and. And I've heard a lot of Jeffries. <laughs> That's right. Really, yeah, yeah. Yeah, especially with Chase Daniels uh, here too. It's going to get rough. I have another issue with the name because I say his name correctly, Jeffrey. Can we get him to put flip the R and the E? Why is it Jeffrey instead of Jeffrey? Especially with Jeffrey. It's really so annoying. Yeah. And, and autocorrect. It doesn't like it. It's just I would really, really, really appreciate it if if he could just flip those two. Yeah, Jeffrey. we went through went through whole Jeffra. seasons of. Single T Matthews, double yes. T Matthews. Yeah, it's it's it's, it's enough. Here. Okay, theory, theory time. <laughs> theory I have time. A theory. All right, so Bill Belichick, right? This offseason, like obviously, part of it is Brady's getting older, and they're mm-hmm. you know Stephen Gilmore gone. When was the last time they paid fourteen million for a defensive Nobody. player? Never, never, never yeah. anyone. Yeah. So they go out, they do that. Obviously, trade for Cooks, trade for Ely. They're stacking this thing up. Here's my theory: it's not just the Brady thing because obviously he's getting older, but I think. Brady, he wants to play, what, he said five more years or whatever. I could totally see that. I mean, he's the healthiest guy on the planet and all that kind of stuff. Uh-oh. Here's my theory. I know where you're going. Yeah. What's the one thing they haven't done? What's the one thing? I don't know. Man, I'm stupid. I have no idea where you're Finished going. Finished off the 19-0. They're going wow. for 19-0. and 0. That's going to be their mantra. It's going to be their whole thing. What else is there is to do? Right off do we're going for 19-0. and 0. That's what the Patriots are doing. <laughs> do you think... That when he said there's still more work to do, that that's what he meant. <laughs> of course. Because now I'm the buying The ego, it. like, th- there's no other mountain to climb, man. And they got there. They got to 18 to 0 and lost the Super Bowl. Like, it's the one thing. What, now, look, at, look at what they're doing. They're just putting together a super team. Like, now all I just see, I just see 
Michael Strahan and Eli's face on a dartboard. <laughs> just every single day since that happened, yes! and just like I'm yes! gonna get you one time. And that maybe that was their plan coming into this thing, except for Brady got suspended. So now there's just all this animosity, and it's just like well, you know they what? They started to go for I five too. Now it's the, they don't even have to do that. Like this is it. There's only one thing left. They're already the goat and the goat and all that stuff and the five and the five and all that. This Nineteen is and no. What do you think? I, I love it's it. My theory. And, it's a and, good theory, right? And honestly, if if people think that like Cooks is going to slow down or like because oh the God, dumb's no. not there, oh no! The moment that that straight line speed, I mean, like he's probably going to be one of the th- th- top three or four fantasy wide receivers well, this year. Well, I no doubt in my I, mind. I don't know about the fantasy thing or, or not because they spread it around, but he will be involved. But not just that. Like, the, when was the last time uh, Tom Brady had a running, uh, excuse me, wide receiver who could stretch a field Randy like that? Moss. Randy exactly. Moss, yep. And we remember and, and what, Tom Brady And what happened then? I love this oh thing. I think you're Thank right you. on Thank the you. money as Thank we go you. to Charles in Cinnamon. Charles, what's going on, buddy? Hey, what's going on, guys? Nothing much, man. Yeah, I just wanted to call up and about um, this, what I just read on Bleach Report, what we offered for Brandon Cooks. Yeah, we Which were just I talking don't about think that. They did. We we think that the Saints leaked that. Okay, I, I just want to because if that was the case, we obviously wouldn't care about our secondary at all. I mean, we give Jen, uh, Malcolm Jen, Jenkins and picks to pick up more people, but. I mean, I just wanted to see if you guys thought it was true. Or uh, well, see, the, the six it, it, million dead cap it is the thing that makes me yeah, most feel like it is not probably probably true. didn't. If if for some reason the cap issue wasn't there, Charles, I would be on the opposite side of how you would feel. Though I would have done that deal in a second. I'm in. Yeah, I mean, I may have thought about like it, it, it's a hard one because on one side I'm like, ah, you know, we get a much younger player, a playmaker, and. He could grow Wentz, all that, what we've been talking about. But I also think that we could have had a better shot at Boye if. Well, yeah, may, and maybe that's true. And, I, and I we appreciate the. I, I just. Boye I, I, is actually a nice way as a segue I want to do before me and BLG yeah. get kicked out of the Flash. studio by yeah, our supposed seriously. best friend, John Bartrand. Uh, <laughs> stay tuned, though. Teron is the man, so I'm excited to listen to Teron and John. Uh, more excited to listen to Tron because I'm a little upset with John, but well, that's fine. It's that's understandable. Fine. Um, before we get out of here, I wanted to, to, the three of us, a quick best and worst. Let's go non-Eagles. I think we're all really happy with the Eagles signings yeah, we talked so about. So far, absolutely. A best, it was a good good it's move great. there because I think you could certainly put Boye in the worst in my mind, or at least the Jaguars moves as a whole in that worst column, right? I mean, Clayus Campbell, 30 million guaranteed. Horrible. I mean, they gave out, what, 56 million guaranteed to Boye and, and Clayus Campbell. Yeah. That's crazy yeah what are they doing you, you still have a huge problem it's a quarterback still have a, you know it's just like <laughs> yeah, it's like I, I, I never, fix that every time and i think some of the the jaguars bloggers which is hysterical put together videos of just winning the off season and just mm. go through everybody that's been you know signed and just shot back out the very next year devin house same thing yeah. big money see you later and can can i just say for Real a second quick, just to add that three years in a row they've spent the most in the in yeah, and, like and, and so I remember all those conversations about well if Chip Kelly wasn't here and you were able to flip flop uh, all the talent that was <laughs> down there that oh we, boy like if I'd you're, rather have the Jaguar roster <laughs> leave <laughs> yeah, roster yeah, Jesus it's like somebody's eating a mouthful of hummus or something like that when they're talking about it and it drives me insane when that happens you know it's just I'm just like what is what is going on why on earth 
would that ever happen? And then all of a sudden, you look at it again. The Jaguars will always stay the same. It doesn't matter the head coach. It doesn't matter what else. The GM, you can fix all of that stuff. It's a terrible situation down there. Yeah. All of those guys will just become non-existent. So all the, even all the draft picks that you get excited about, other than maybe Jalen Ramsey, who had a pretty good year last year, nothing. I mean, yeah. there's nothing going yeah. on. No, Jalen Ramsey is really, really good. I, he's going to be a terrific, terrific player. Uh, oh yeah. Also, they have a nine hundred thousand year old man running their show right <laughs> yes, now in town, Coughlin. Yeah, they're like. Let's just build this thing back up. Like, yeah, it's insane to me. And the way that the climate is, especially this year, and they're just like, yeah, we're just going to keep doing the same thing over and over again, no matter how much we shuffle yeah. it around. Absolutely. Jaguars are number one worst again offseason moves. I this agree. Yeah. I would add in with the words. My other words were, um, were I mean, I think the D-Jacks deal, at least I get the fit. It's a lot of money for me. Uh, the Garcon and Britt contracts to me. And I don't, like, I get... Ooh. Like Kenny that, Britt. Like I thought Kenny he signed Britt. with the Eagles. Yeah. Interesting how oh, that happened. Oh, wait, wait. Oh, wait. But I happen. saw a report from a, a real Twitter user. Insider <laughs> quotes. Yeah, Hashtag yeah. fake news. Yeah. Don't spread fake, fake news, news. people. So, yeah, but so, I mean, what, what, what is that? I mean, how do you give Kenny Just when the when the way this wide receiver market played out, like, I can I can understand giving Kenny Stills $8 million a year for four years. Like, that. I think that played out well. You think they you'd like the Brick contract? Is that where you're going? <laughs> I'm so sorry. I was laughing for because it it is because I, I I don't think it's a good contract. No, it's it's a terror. I'm I'm thinking of just the situation that kind of surrounded uh, it because we we all assumed barring that, any unforeseen not, circumstances. Not just with that, but it's just like how obvious it was going to be that Kenny Britt was going to be the first signing the moment four o'clock struck, and then. Garofalo just comes like, oh yeah. By the way, the Eagles never contacted nothing, him. nothing. <laughs> Whoops! It's and like, thank oh God, my God, because four years, eight Winging million a, a year. Like, what are you doing? And then you won't give Pryor one year to well, million because because that's interesting. Because that. because I, if you want to flip it around, my best signings. Like, I think the Brandon Marshall signing was a really nice one. Of, of yeah, good I value. think it's a steal. I yeah. think it's a steal. And then the other one that kind of jumps to the lo- top of the page for me is that Terrell Pryor signing. Mm, like, I completely disagree. Yep. I, I agree with you, John. You, I don't you, agree you with think, you, James. You, didn't we both want Pryor here a little uh, bit ago? I, what has changed? Uh, what happened here? Why what's is- changed is if the Browns aren't going to get – I mean, I, the contract says eight. It's really six with incentives. If the Browns aren't willing you to give $6 million plus incentives, there's something wrong. Why? Yeah. No, so, you know, and if, and if the only team, the, I'll take that risk. If the only team that is offering you that contract is, is one that just the most tried to cover yeah, we didn't talk about that at all. It's is is not just dysfunctional, but deplorable, and and the, and the quarterback the NFL doesn't even to, want to be there. The NFL and he might needs not to there. step yes. in and take over that team. It is a travesty what's I, happening down there. I think there's. I think we still have one blockbuster in us, and I do think that when push comes to shove, Washington is going to trade Cousins to San Francisco. Really? It just lines up because, you know, San Francisco, first of all. But here's the thing, real, real quick, before in this explanation that you're about to give us, why would San Francisco give up something for Cousins when they can get him next year for free? There's no way they franchise well, him that's, the third year. But yeah, you're you're right. And and I think that's also a possibility, too, because the 49ers signed Hoyer. One year signed, stop, Gab. And they signed Barkley. And I think that's just a, hey, uh, by the way, wait for me. I'm just saying. If Washington won't even entertain that, because Kyle Shanahan literally jumped on the table when Kirk Cousins was drafted, and if they're not going to entertain that and just let him walk after next year because they can't tag him a third time, that's ridiculous. Agreed. So they right. should thank tra- God they for Dan Snyder. Him. I agree. And yeah. then, oh my God. and if that's the situation, and the San Francisco 49ers know that, 
Washington doesn't have a ton of leverage, especially when we Zero, hear none. Kirk Cousins, Kirk Coupons wants to get out of there. He <laughs> he went to the owner to to, to apparently to get out of shot down. We're not going to. Sorry, do it. Kirk. But he, uh, I mean, like you just look at even his his Twitter page now. There is not one ounce <laughs> of Washington anything on his terrific. Page. Not you in guys the like that. I'm actually, I love oh, that. I like that. I'm so actually much. starting like that's the thing is this whole thing, and we have we have done our fair share of ripping, as we say, Kirk coupons. Sure. I mean that in yes. of itself. Yes. But, but I do feel I, bad. Yeah, for. and not just that. Like I feel like through this thing that's happened, I've gained more respect for the guy. Like I like the way he's handled. It. He clearly doesn't want to be a part of that organization. I I respect the way he's handled. The yeah, and so, and so do I. And it's interesting that when, not only that, there's a small thing brewing in Dallas. Right now, too, with how, Jer- too. Where, how Jerry and and Tony, who are there, you know, Ooh, supposed to be f- supposed to be father gonna and son right here. Tony yeah. We're going to do right by him, and then all of a sudden, it's just like I think they're starting to leak out that it'll go to yeah, and or or no, I I disagree well, with Shepter's, myself. Yeah. I think I think Tony's leaking out that yes. he's going to go to NFL media and retire be, to force Jerry's hand to be like, dude, you got to let me go or, or or whatever and make this decision here. So and the and the O line, Doug Free retires, Leary yeah, leaves. And it's I interesting. I can't tell you how many times like Dallas fans say, "Oh, we'd be okay." He's the weakest part about there. We're going to send Collins out there to play right tackle. Listen, listen, to all the Dallas frauds that are in South Philadelphia right now. I want you. I want you to make something very clear here. You put Lyle Collins on right tackle. You might as well just put a lunch pail there because he's going to get swamped on. Brandon all over Graham. The Brandon Graham is going to whoop his I think, ass. I think turnstile was what you were going yes. for there. No, no, he's. You might as well just put lunch down there because so he's going to get eaten. <laughs> oh, that's, that's what I'm saying. Good. I get it. Yeah, yeah. I got he's it. He's just going to get eaten alive. That's he very is good. A, that's he, very good. He's a guard. See what you should have said is he should be a tasty cake <laughs> out on the way <laughs> and there is a tasty right. cake studios. Here. That's right. I, I I apologize. I'm not. I'm not. You know, synergizing with all the brands <laughs> that are here. But uh, that is going to do it for BGN Radio. Teron Davenport and myself will be hanging around for John Barcher, James. Brandon Lee Gowden, we thank you so much for listening to BGN Radio right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP. I'd You're rather a- have the drag war roth for me, <laughs> It's like 47 days till the NFL Draft. Your official station for the NFL Draft. Your home for Eagles football. Touchdown! Sports Radio 94 WIP. Keep the heads ringing. It is uh, Sports Radio 94 WIP. John Barcher, Teron Davenport, hanging out with you until 10 o'clock. And uh, our next guest, number 14 in your programs. Number one in your heart. Number one in your heart. That's right. Uh, David Watford is uh, is uh, going to join us in just a second, which is kind of, uh, you know, it's an, it's an interesting journey this time around when it comes draft time. And that's why we want to bring him on, see how he's feeling about all this and, and again, you know, the wide receivers are changing all over the place here for the Philadelphia Eagles. So we'll bring him on right now. Mr. Dave Watford, what's happening, my friend? How are you, sir? I'm doing good, fellas. How y'all doing, man? Uh, doing uh, right. doing fantastic, my friend. And I the, the first thing I want to ask you too is because you know, it's a, in, in a, I've talked to a lot of a lot of folks that were been FCC programs and or FS, FSC programs that Kind of had a, although it's always like the different journey story and things like that and trying to get into the NFL. What was your process like this time last year? Uh, This time last year was a lot of, uh, it was like a a big waiting game. You know, I was just grinding, man, just keeping my faith strong, just, you know, trusting in the Lord's plan, but just waiting. That was the biggest thing, just being patient and knowing that something was going to come out of it and just having that faith and, 
it was it was just a, a quiet time. This especially between pro day and the draft, and you hoping you get a call and some teams is interested in you, but you just gotta keep keep your focus and just keep going, keep pushing. Well, uh, David, you know, it's, it's obvious that you landed in a, a nice situation. You're here in Philadelphia, and I know the coaching staff really like what you brought to the table. We talked before, and, uh, you know, one of the things I praised you for was just being able to make that transition from quarterback to receiver in a complex offense. Well, what would you say was, was behind that? Because, I mean, let's face it, the West Coast offense, that's not an easy style for anybody to, to transition to, let alone a guy changing positions. Uh, I think the thing that helped me out a lot was the fact that uh, in college I played for two former uh, – two coaches that, you know, coached in the NFL. So I had, you know, some – a basis of, of knowledge that, you know, I, I learned, you know, two different type of offenses, two different pro-style offenses. So I felt like I was able to pick up on it fast enough to where – it wouldn't really hold me back when I got to the next level. You know, I'm able to pick up on schemes. And a lot of the stuff that I learned in college kind of carried over to the, the next level. It was just different words and different verbiage. That was the biggest thing that I had to learn and pick up on. But other than that, it wasn't really that hard to me. And I feel like that helped me out because while I was behind the eight ball as far as the position change, I was ahead of the curve as far as the knowledge of the game and my ability to pick up on the offense that quickly. So, I think I just try to use that to my advantage. Yeah, that makes sense. That definitely makes sense. So just looking at what's going on for you now, I, I know that that grind has continued. And just okay. let let the folks know what you got going on now. Because, I, I mean, I, I know you – that 757, it's like that, that area that the athleticism is in the water, man. I don't know what's going on down there. But, you know, uh, what do you got going on right now? Uh. Right now, I've been uh, just just training all season, man. I'm just going. I go like twice a day, uh, four days a week. Give my body a couple days of rest, you know, here and there. But just going twice a day. I was traveling from Hampton to Richmond, from Richmond to Charlottesville, from Charlottesville back to Richmond. You know, just getting it in as many times God, as man. I could. How do, you, how do you wait? How do you do that? How do you go? How do you do, just I circulate would, and drive? I wake up in the morning. I wake up in the morning in Hampton, go to Richmond and work out. Then from Richmond, I leave to work out and go to Charlottesville. Then from Charlottesville, I leave and come back to Richmond and, you know, stay with my aunt in Richmond and then wake up, work out in Richmond, go back to Hampton and work out, and then take a day in between and then repeat it again. And then, man, oh, man. You know, I'll be back in Hampton for the weekend just to relax and, you know, do my recovery stuff. And I was doing that for a solid month, and then, I'm starting to ease back now because we're getting, you know, closer to OTA, so I don't want to wear my body out. But I've just been just going at it, man, just hungry and knowing that this opportunity is something I can't, you know, I can't take this for granted. Absolutely, gotta, yeah. Know, just put my best foot forward and, you know, let God handle the rest. I know if I do my part, you know, he'll meet me there. So that's the I just gotta, you know, life of the practice squad thing. right there, gang. I mean, that is that's 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 serious, man. I mean, it, uh, we yeah. would all be doing the same thing to go out there and chase our dream and do all that and. I, I guess well with that because you know you spent a lot of time with this this Eagle secondary that's that's even shuffling around there too but this past season who was kind of the toughest guy to go up against in practice? Uh, I feel like they were all tough in their own way because everybody has something that they're really good at that you know as for me like making a transition that I needed to go against to help me in my game like like for instance like Jinx. 
Like, Jake, was, he's a really savvy player. Like, he's an older guy, and he knows, like, little things to help him in his game, to help him, you know, without, you know, recognition or just, like, just small stuff like that. And then, like, uh, Nolan, who is, he's, a like, a longer guy. He, he uses his arms really well. Like, Leo is quick. Jay Mills is aggressive. Yeah. You know, Watt, he's an aggressive guy, too like, physical players. So, I mean, it's just everybody. All of them have their own, you know, personality as a, you know, defensive player. And I feel like that makes them all unique. And that's all, like, you know, that has to factor into your head when you line up against from or line up, uh, you know, opposite of them. And, you know, just in practice, I was like, okay, so, you know, I'm going against so-and-so. I know I need to work on this or, you know, this is something I need to work on to help me, you know, get open in my route. So, I feel like going against those guys really helped me out a lot this year. We're speaking with David Watford, uh, Eagles wide receiver, who is, uh, was just signed last year, coming in and out, working hard on the practice squad. And and the way that this is kind of, I mean, obviously if you've turned on a radio station or read a blog or anything that's happening around this Eagles team, wide receivers haven't been great. So the Eagles kind of make a move for Jeffrey. They make a move for, you know, a Torrey Smith. And that kind of leaves, leaves some questions Maybe unanswered for some of the guys that are on the roster. When you when these things type when these things happen for you, David, what what's your outlook on on the situation? We're like, all right, there's two big free agent names that are coming in here. Does do you feel like okay, I got to work even harder? What's what? How are you feeling right now with with a lot of these moves? Um, I feel I feel excited honestly because those are two guys that I can you know get around and learn a lot of the game from and learn you know, a lot of the position from because those are two older veteran guys, those are two guys that bring a lot of knowledge and bring a lot of experience to the table and bring a lot of experience to our group as a whole. So I feel like it's going to be very beneficial for us. It's going to increase the level of competition, you know, from what it was already to an even higher level. It's going to, you know, help us hold our standards higher. And, you know, I feel like it's just going to be, you know, something very exciting for us. You know, I don't look at at it as any, you know, pressure because whatever is supposed to happen is going to happen anyway. So I just make sure I do my part. And, you know, like I said, like God handle the rest. And, you know, I'm I'm just excited to get around those guys. I'm excited to meet them. I'm excited to learn from them. That's my biggest thing. I want to soak up as much information and, and knowledge as I can, you know. So, you know, whether it be, you know, in Philly for 10 years or wherever, you know, I, I may end up playing or whatever guy has for me that I can say that I took advantage of my time here and I learned the most that I could learn from, you know, the players I was around. So I'm definitely, definitely excited to be able to, you know, play with those two guys and just have the opportunity to be, to be around them. Yeah, see, that's the right mindset. You know, you don't look at, look at it as, oh, well, uh, this might have made things tougher. You just go out and, and do what you have to do. I like that. And I tell you, I covered the Ravens for a couple of years, and you know, I know Tory, and, and you're really going to benefit from being able to work with Tory. I, I asked both of them yesterday just about the willingness to work with some of the younger guys on the roster. So they're definitely ready to come in and do that. So that'll be a plus for you. I know that being yes, said, sir. there's a passing camp coming up. So what what are you looking to do there? Uh, how much are you looking forward to to doing that? I mean, you're going to be there, right? Yes, sir. I'll be there. I'll be there. And uh, there I'm just looking to just, you know, learn, just show what I've been doing, what I've been working on this offseason, and, you know, just come in looking like a completely different player from when I left, you know, just that confidence and just, you know, all that hard work I've been doing this offseason 
that'll, you know, show when we get out there. But I'm just excited to get back around the guys, man. It's fun to be around the fellas and, you know, be able to, you know, kick it and, you know, just hang out, have fun, you know, get better at what we do and just have fun, you know, just doing what we love to do. So That's real talk, man, because that's one of the things I miss also, you know, being able to be around the, the teammates and just chopping it up in the locker room. Now, Exactly, man. Yeah, he's stuck like here with that. me. You know, now he's stuck here with hey, me. Well, you know, I mean, you know <laughs> we, we'll be teammates now. But you know what, though? The main question I want to ask, because I know you're at, you are you came out of Hampton. I, I have a daughter about to go to Howard, so, you know, Uh-oh. we could get into it about wh- which one is the real HU, <laughs> the real HU if, if you want. But, no question. That's okay, no well, question. we're, we're on opposite sides of the Hampton coin, because I'm going to go Howard. <laughs> <laughs> Especially it's now that they're getting all my money, I gotta go Howard. You know what I mean? Hey, hey, you, you can't you can't beat that when they're taking that money out of your pockets. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> there you go. See, that's all it takes. Teron just needs to spend a little yeah. money. He'll line with anybody, and it's crazy. Yeah, you got to yeah. go where you're spending, man. <laughs> uh, David Watford uh, from the Philadelphia Eagles. We appreciate your time, man. And and seriously, good luck to you. Uh, you know, we we're we're dying for playmakers here, and hopefully, uh, you can step up and be part of that active roster this year. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you, fellas. Anytime, man. I appreciate you guys. David, right. appreciate you, man. There it is. All right. Uh, David uh, Watford here just hanging out. It's interesting, too, because, you know, I, I understand most of the time, especially when you're doing a radio show, you want those big-name guys that come on here and get real interesting. A lot of the more interesting stories, and I've noticed this, too, just throughout the entire draft process, is actually the guys that are just clawing and fighting to try and get there and and do one of those things. So, you know, that's it. That's a keep an eye out on that because – Listen, I don't know what's going to happen with Jordan Matthews. I don't know what's going to – I mean, well, Nelson Aguilar is probably still going to be here regardless. But, you know, I don't know what's going to happen after those next few years. Plus, these guys are just on one-year deals. They're yeah. still looking for that next guy that's going to come in here and step up. So maybe that, that that's an interesting name to watch during training camp. And the thing is, it's not only what he's doing here in Philadelphia, right? You're, you're putting film out there to go somewhere. I mean, yes. there have been practice squad guys who, who ended up – making a roster elsewhere. I mean, that's that's just the way it works. And when you look at David, which you have 6'2", 210 pounds, somewhere around there, an athletic quarterback. I didn't even get to mention how he set numerous records passing mm-hmm. when he was at University of Virginia. So we're looking at a guy who just he, – he could do it all, right? And he's still getting acclimated to the position. But if you watch in practice last year, number nine, that's what he wore. And I, I kept saying to myself, hey, who's this guy? Number nine reminded me of Tony Martin. And, and that <laughs> wow, was that was his, going I back. Gave, I gave that as his homework assignment oh, to yeah? go watch Tony Martin from his Falcon days. But, you know, it, there's definitely a possibility that, that he can make this roster. If not this roster, he, he could make a roster somewhere. But, you know, the great thing is he'll, he'll be getting paid regardless to play football. And that's, that's awesome. Absolutely. And we'll uh, obviously we're going to talk. A lot more draft as we're here until ten o'clock. Also, want to get into this Joe Mixon debate because yeah. it has been it has been out there for a long time, and I see a lot of Eagles fans mentioning his name a lot in the second and third round. We'll have that debate. It's John Barcher, Teron Davenport, right here on Sports Radio ninety four WIP. It's a name that has been very very popular this off season. A lot of controversy behind it. A lot of talent. A lot of questions. Joe Mixon. You know, I just, it's, it's, it's that thing where everybody's just like, well, of course you can, you don't take a running back in the first round. You go, uh, you know, you go corner wide receiver pass rusher, and then you go grab up Mixon in the second round and he's, he's an absolute stud. And, and I don't know, it's John Barchard and Teron Davenport hanging out with you. I have no doubt that he's a very talented guy. 
can look at his tape, but it's, it's instantly there. He's probably for a second rounder. If there's no cloud of dust that's yeah. behind him, there's no off off the field issues. I don't know. I always feel uncomfortable with those type of guys. I really do. And 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 I don't know if you're supposed to view that as, hey, you know, people make really bad mistakes. I mean, it's 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 easier to go, oh my god, what a monster when the video's right in front of you and you see him just punching this girl in a restaurant. And that was three years ago, and that's what everybody kind of talks about. But where do you fall in line with that, Teron? Like, where is – what is your responsibility, I guess, fan, media guy, and or GM to look at that and go, okay, how are we going to judge that with how he does on the field? Because you look at a guy like Tariq Hill from, from last year who, man, like some of the stuff you read about his past is, is like, holy cow. But then he has a fantastic year in Kansas City. Nobody really talks about that anymore. You kind of move on. Where do you stand on a lot of these things? Well, first I'll say this. People still talk about that. Every time that poor man made a play, they brought it up. So and that in itself I think is just, you know, after a certain point you got to move on. And I, I'm going to preface what, what I'm about to say with, with this. I have three daughters, and if someone were to do what he did to one of my daughters, there would definitely be a major issue. So don't get me wrong. I'm not minimizing what he did, not in the least. But that's the beauty of a league like the NFL, a a situation, a business like the NFL. It's an opportunity for a guy who did something terrible to take that and turn it around into something positive. What he could do is take advantage of the platform that he would be on and raise awareness towards how guys in that type of situation can go about using other methods to deal with their anger, right? So you could turn a negative into a positive. That's off the field. On the football field, look, man, let's face it. The kid is a really good athlete. He's a guy that that could affect the game in multiple ways. He has the explosion, average, what, 6.8 per carry. I think we're talking about 500 yards receiving, Mm -hmm. darn near 1,300 yards rushing. But more importantly, when you watch him, He's someone that brings that explosiveness to an offense, and that's what you want out of a running back. So it, there's a balance. Obviously, you want to walk that fine line and, and make sure that you don't do anything to really rile up your, your fan base, you know, your paying customers. But at the same time, getting a guy like that into this offense would get the fans excited because of the things sure. that he could do. So it, it's, it's a, a, a tough situation, but I'm all for giving someone a second chance. You know, we've all done wrong. Some some of us got caught. Some of us didn't. Some of us got caught and got that second chance and took advantage of it. Some of us got the second chance and messed up again. It just depends on the person. But I'm all about giving someone the opportunity to atone for their mistakes. Yeah, I got caught uh, taking uh, three or four cases of Tasty Cakes out of here. So they let me back in the building, hey. right? You know, I know I'm not trying to I'm not trying to minimize it, but it is <laughs> but it is it is a it is a very serious kind of like. At what point do you forgive and forget? You know, like it was 2014. So it's three years ago. And as a teenager, I'm sure that a lot of us did some some pretty awful stuff as teenagers. I don't know if any of us ever kind of come across and did that. That's never crossed my mind once. It's just to go up and haul off and hit somebody. I don't know if alcohol or anything was involved. It's always a poor excuse when you get into that wormhole and you're going down there. But to an extent, I agree that at some point you do have to let that stuff go. And I think it's hard because a guy like Brandon Marshall, for instance, who had a lot of different issues yeah. going back and forth, came out of that and turned his life around and was is now an, a huge advocate 
for a lot of that. So when he goes to New York and deals with guys like OBJ, I think that's great. I think they'll they'll get along in the and he he can kind of guide him on on what he's doing there. I don't know, and we don't know really publicly if Joe Mixon has done something like that already to kind of turn around. We're not really privy to that information, but I don't know. It's an it's a, it's a it's a weird thing that I have trouble. I ha- listen. I had trouble. With with Jalen Mills, I had trouble with DGB. I had trouble with a lot of that and just accepting that here. And I don't know if the Eagles, the Eagles probably don't care. That's that's where I keep coming back to with their with their record. I don't really think they're they're extremely worried about any of that stuff. Yeah, I, I could agree. I, I I don't know. What I would say don't care. I I would more or less look at it as the olive branch being extended, giving a guy a chance. I mean, you look at Michael Vick. I tell you, when he came here. You know, I I wasn't covering the team back then, but wow, <laughs> some of the 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 pushback that that organization got. But then you you see how he turned it around, and now he's someone that is able to offer advice to a younger guy who's going through something. So it's all about turning turning things around. You know, making the best of the situation, and I, I think that this is a good a good atmosphere for him to do so because the people here in Philadelphia they're they're hard workers. You know, and they just want to see someone be productive. And I think they appreciate when someone is a, a hard worker, when they grind. They appreciate the Absolutely. grind that someone goes through. And and then just, to, you know, see him turn things around here w- would be an awesome thing. But wherever he does it, you know, I, I, I wish the young man the best. I obviously hope that he is not in that situation again. And, I, again, I'm all about giving somebody another shot. Tristan Deku uh, from Oregon State, the cornerback, is coming up at – Nine o'clock. We'll take your phone calls in the meantime. 888-729-9494. Let's go to Nelson in Pottstown. Nelson, what's going on, man? How are you? Yeah, I wanted to talk about Nelson Aguilar's hands. <laughs> absolutely, <laughs> sure, absolutely. Are you are you uh, are you going to try and fix them? Uh, I would like to, but uh, there's only one person who can fix them. And who is that? Himself? The guy next to you. <laughs> hey, how about that? Wait, can you fix can you fix his hands? Is that possible? Are you a miracle worker to run? Uh, you know, uh we we could do some things with that. No, um, you know, honestly, really what it's about is just him letting the game come to him. I talk to him about that all the time. And and he knows that. And I think a guy like Alshon and, and Tory Smith coming in and, and, and him not being the one that, that you're pointing to as the guy that has to make every play, I think is great for him. I talked to him. He's excited about Alshon coming. He and, and Alshon have a, a, a good relationship. He looks at him like his big bro. So I think oh, that'll help, you know, just the mental side of it. And let's face it, there's plenty of ability. But I, I want to hear m- more about, uh, you know, what the caller has to say. Well, I don't think that Nelson Aguilar is any good. Uh, he drops wide open passes all the time, runs the, <laughs> the wrong routes all the time. I'm just he, He's a first-round bust. I mean, I don't see anything good about him. But uh. yeah, I I mean, like I'm obviously Nelson. I'm leaning towards uh, more. Your side. We appreciate the phone call there, but yeah, I mean, I know it's it's a uh, Teron waves the flag for Nelson. It's I I understand why it's I, I totally get that, but I also have like I don't know why either. I mean, like I, I think that there is uh, more or less the way he approached it this season after everything that kind of happened. It's still it's still a really tough environment for this. The continuity not having a right quarterback until this year, being that guy, switching offenses, doing that stuff. Yeah. All that stuff matters. It definitely matters. It does And matter. I think we just have to accept the fact that, hey, you know, Nelson is not going to be that number one guy, at least not right now. And 
ends up being a decent wide receiver 3-4 this year. That's something to build on. Probably won't be here the next season, but I don't know. We'll just it's it's a wait and see. There's no there's no like downside now to Nelson Aguilar, but that's only because that you know uh, guys like Torrey Smith and, and Jeffrey are here. Yeah, like I said, it's a good situation for him. The pressure has been eased, but at the same time, that competition is there. I mean, you got Treggs and and Paul Turner behind him with with DGB. I mean, they're probably going to keep five. Sorry, what? Well, I, I I don't know who they're going to. I mean, look at it. You got yeah. Jordan, you Jordan Matthews. Alshon Jeffrey, Torrey Smith, DGB, and Nelson Aguilar. I think that'll be the five. And unfortunately, you know, you got Treggs, you got Turner, who are probably end up hanging out with, not with the yeah, team or, yeah. or on the practice squad. It, it is what it is. But at the same time, Nelson is he's 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 there. I think he he has plenty of talent. He'll be fine. Well, uh, I tell you what. Uh, right now is uh, a great opportunity to speak. To a prospect who's, you know, again, this this draft class is so deep at corner, and it is uh, kind of a privilege that he has just taken a little bit of time on his Saturday nights uh, to join us right here on 94 WIP. Mr. Tristan Deku from Oregon State. What is going on, my friend? How are you this evening? Uh, I'm doing good. Just chilling. How about yourself? Oh, dude, we're, we're, All right, just, 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 just enjoying a, a Saturday night. We appreciate you calling in, bud, and uh I guess you know we all, everybody wants to know what is how is the combine experience and and how are you feeling after uh, after the you know the the I call it the meat market so do you, do you feel like a piece of meat when you're when you're down there man? Uh yeah it, you know it's definitely uh it was first of all it was a great experience you know the opportunity to to be there you know I always dreamed about being there so it was, first of all it was a great experience but uh, yeah it was it was definitely like a meat market you know you're. Yeah, uh, they call your name up and you have to just the tights and your shirt on and see how much you weigh, see how, see how your body looks, see how tall you is, and you know they. I guess from there they pick who they want. You know what I mean? It's just like a meat market. Yeah, that's pretty much what it's like, man. So I want to talk to you about the meetings because it's, it's always interesting just to hear what you guys have gone through. What well, what were some of the cra- crazy questions? Like I, I know. You know, in the past, I talked to guys, and they said, oh, well, they gave me a paper clip and said, tell me 100 things that you could do with a paper clip. What were some of the questions <laughs> you got? Uh, to be honest, I, I didn't I didn't um, come across no crazy uh, questions. Uh, I only had one informal with the Packers, so uh, it was all about business and other, uh, the other means I had in the training station. So it wasn't I, – I really didn't get none of those questions. <laughs> So how did the meetings go then? Well, what were some of the things you, you were able to talk about? And I know you don't want to get into specifics as far as team by team, right. but what were some of the things that, that you were able to go over? Well, you know, first of all, a lot of uh, the teams haven't uh, didn't know what I was. So, you know, there was a lot of just uh, telling them about my life, uh, you know, my story and well, how, how did I get there, how did I get to the combine. And, you know, then, then they go from there, then they'll go from and see, see your knowledge of the game and see how, what, what if you know, formations, personnel, if you know, if you remember your defense, you know they just try to pick your brain about football, basically. And then after that, you know they they try to see the your personality, see if you laugh, see if you joke around, and stuff like that. So all my meetings were good, actually. So. I remember you at the East West Shrine practice week, and you you know I, I was a guy who was big on your ability. I, I like the dog right. that you showed as far as you know, just the aggressiveness on the field and and talking. On the field, you, you right. know, just talking trash is what you got to do. That, that's that's how it works, <laughs> yeah. you know. So, where does all that come from? How did you, you know, get to that point? Uh, I say just you know, growing up playing, playing uh, 
uh, neighborhood football, you know, all the kids, and, you know, I used to play with the grown-ups, you know, all the grown-ups, all they used to do is talk trash. And, you know, I, I, over the years, I see that, you know, they take they take a toes on a, a player because it, it get in their mind and they accept their stuff. So, you know what I mean? I, I've been like that all my life. And, you know, I guess that's just the Louisiana in me. So, you know what I mean? That's when I step on the field, I just turn to a dog in my mind and I'm going to do everything I got to do to get you off your game. And what is it, you know, I, I've heard that, you kind of look up to, obviously, and who wouldn't? What uh, you kind of model your game after? Is Richard Sherman one of those guys that you kind of look up to? I mean, it's oh, just, yeah. oh, especially yeah. with the trash talking and the and and the way you play out there is. How, what 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 do you like about uh, Sherman's game? Well, you know, Sherman, he he realized he wasn't the best athlete, so he had to find somewhere else to be the best, one of the best players in the game. And he taught it by studying his film. So you know, me, uh, he taught me a lot just by doing that. It's not like I know him personally, but. By just him talking about his experience or watching film, you know, that I try to bring that to my game. And that's what I did this year. Uh, I, I was more in the film room and, and you know, just being a student of the game. And we both talk, uh, we both talk trash. So, you know what I mean? I, I, I like it like that. You know what I mean? I, I like how he talks trash. You know, he, he, get me, he get me ripped up when I'm watching him. So. <laughs> so we're talking with uh, Tristan Deku from, from Oregon State. And, and look, man, it is a – everybody keeps saying that it is such a deep – class of corners here how how is right. it that you got to like fit yourself in there and crawl up that draft board and, and convince people that like hey I I know that there's some big names out there and there's a lot of great talent in there how do you stick out from from this such a deep class here uh, uh man I just I just let God do the work man um uh, you know I like I, 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 that's nothing I can control you know what I mean a team gonna pick me or a team not you know me or I'm that big guy, or I'm not that big guy. So I just, you know, I, mean, I let the film and God do the do the rest for me. And you know, what I mean, they, they, if they haven't seen my film, then you know, what I mean, that's on them. But if they have, then they know they what they're getting. And I film don't lie; that's who I am. So you know, what I mean, I just focus on what I can do, and that's just trying to get better every day. So Tristan, I know there are some people in this area that that haven't seen you play. So if you had to say, you know, three games that you feel show what you're able to do the best, what three games would, would you go for? Uh, I say Cal, um, Boise State, and uh, Oregon. Yeah, I, I knew I knew you were gonna say Cal. That <laughs> that 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 shut down that that the handcuffs put on Chad Hanson. I knew you were gonna say that. Right. Yeah, definitely <laughs> had to say that. Oh, <laughs> since you like to talk trash, Tressa, because he mentions I I I can't stand that guy. I can't stand right. Chad. Hansen. So what I, what is it what is it about like I, I don't know do you, do you do you really hate any of the guys that you went up against because I would love you for you to tell me that you hate Chet Hansen. Uh, I wouldn't say I hate him. You know, <laughs> once he once he crossed that once he crossed that that, that white line, then yeah, I hate him. You know what I mean? I, like after the game, you know, I went up to him and said, "Hey, man, your game." You know what I mean? But I'm sorry, I got to win. You know what I mean? I, it, it's just something I do, man. Once I can, once you cross that line, I'm not your friend. I'm like, I, like we we not we not oh, nothing. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I gotta get it just like you try to get it. So that's all. I just step on there, man. I just, I just like to have fun, and that's what all. That's what it's all about. Do you ever think like one of those guys that? Because I'm sure there's during your college career there are some that you just you could not stand. What happens if you right. guys end up on the same team? Wait, say that again. I said, what happens if one of those guys that you really don't like that you played against in college? What happens when you guys end up on the same team? He will have a rough training camp. <laughs> <laughs> See this guy. I'm telling you, man. Yeah. I, I, I love it. I love it. And I think that's the mentality you got to have going through this thing, and that's fantastic. Tristan, uh, we we appreciate the time, my friend. Thanks for checking in right here on 94 WIP, and uh, good luck to you the rest of the way. Hopefully, we see you in Philadelphia. 
right, thanks for having me. You keep chopping wood, bro. Yeah, <laughs> keep right. chopping the wood. And that's see, you're just like you're 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 coach media guy. Everything in here, like you oh, bring no, these guys in here, coach man. We just talk <laughs> shop, man. That's that's it. I love it. Well, I'll tell you what, we're going to step away for just a little bit. Uh, Jolly's coming up at 10 o'clock. It's John Barcher, Teron Davenport, right here on Sports Radio 94 WIP.